Blog Talk Radio. Silly five stars, are you signing what you need? Silly five stars, prospects with such size and speed. Is this the start of a new dynasty in town? Will these guys be the baddest ones around? See the five stars, talents what everybody wants. In the sports bars and the crowded atmosphere. Yes, all you really love is this your football team. Through rain, through shine, through pain, you're fine. You want this team to reload, bring in a boatload, beat all its rivals and send them packing. Once a championship, a trophy to hold. Or will they fall flat? The way to find out is owners lacking the rat cat on my heart. City of five stars, will the freshmen all succeed? City of five stars, the pressure is high indeed. Who we got? Who's got on the beat? Who we got? It's easy on the beat. <laughs> it's easy on the beat. Hey, he might be Port County's finest. The Port way, the Port County way. Boy, you ain't doing shit anyway. I never listen to what people say. I ran a band when it's time to play. I got a hat on Sunday. Uh, I got a hat and I'm still speaking on the track. Hang gang, it's all that I've been that did all that. All I do is these stories since way back been these boys since Rainy and Pouncy boys. I'm everywhere I see more on one K, can't change that. I just had to go take that. No kick cat, no break, yeah, don't make me go bait, yeah. Boy ain't doing shit anyway. I never listen what people say. I bring a band when it's time to play. I got a hat on signing day. I got a hat and I'm still speaking on the track. Paint gang, it's all that I've been that did all that. that this new early signing day for football is working quite well for the Miami Hurricanes, even if it does remove some of the drama from the first week in February. Right now, it looks like almost every Miami commit will sign on the dotted line tomorrow, officially ending their recruitment and making them Hurricanes. So now the coaches can move on 
to what's left of 2018 and also work on 2019 with the security that this portion of the class is in place. They now know that they were played all along by Josh Job, who will execute his long-rumored signing with Alabama. But there is no drama, and there are no more mysteries. And that is exactly what the NCAA intended to do for its members when it created this early signing period. We'll talk about all of that and more tonight, including the Orange Bowl game against Wisconsin, as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the People Show, Kane Sport Live. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. As always, more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, that puts you in the queue. You're not going to beat Greg, though. I'll tell you that. But nevertheless, it will put you in the queue behind Greg and will bring you on the show in the order that you land in that queue. As always, we asked the subscribers at canesport.com to post topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll address them later tonight during the course of the show. But first, I thought a good way to start would be to take a capsule look at the recruiting situation as we head into tomorrow, which is the early signing day. And I know a lot of you guys out there are having a hard time getting adjusted to this whole thing. Uh, I know we certainly are. It's, you know, it's funny, at, at Canesport, we were joking around all day today, like how weird it is that we're sitting there get ramping up and gearing up for our usual uh, signing day blitz of coverage in the middle of December. It just, it just doesn't seem right. But like I said, some coaches are in favor of it, some aren't, but this has certainly worked very well for Mark Richt and his Hurricane coaching staff, as you will see as we go through the situation right now. The Canes had a monster recruiting weekend last year with all of their committed players on campus, with the exception of two. Uh, the first was Jaron Williams. He had his official visit for the Notre Dame game. He's the quarterback from Georgia, who's going to be the quarterback in this class. And Nesta Silvera, who as of right now is planning a January visit with some of his uncommitted teammates. And I guess the decision has been made that his services on that weekend visit uh, can be more valuable than his presence on the signing list for tomorrow. Not sure if I agree with that, but uh, you know, by my taste, I, I wouldn't leave anybody hanging out there. And certainly uh, that's been the agenda for Mark Richt and company. And I'll get to that, a, a, an example of that, that came up tonight in a moment. Um, but this early signing day, uh, I, I guess the best way we could describe it is it's uncharted waters. And, you know, I just, I personally have a hard time on face value reconciling a kid not signing been committed for months if you're committed to a school and you know you're going to that school I can't think of too many reasons not to sign tomorrow and uh, apparently the Miami coaches agree with me because earlier today they gave offensive lineman Cleveland Reed an ultimatum and that was that if he didn't sign with the Hurricanes tomorrow 
that they were going to start recruiting other offensive linemen. And Reed thought about it for a few hours and then relented on his initial plan, which was to visit Oklahoma and North Carolina. And he told us a little while ago that he will sign with Miami, but it probably won't be till Thursday because on such short notice, he can't round up everybody that he would like to have at a signing ceremony. Now, I've discussed this whole scenario of the early signing day with different coaches locally, not locally, around the country. And the general consensus is that if a kid at this stage is saying, I want to take visits in January, then he's shopping himself around, no matter what he's telling the coaches at the school that he's committed. So I think it's a great sign for Mark Richt and his staff that they're sitting here at this early signing day period. And really the only two guys that look like they're in question are Silvera, who apparently is waiting to take visits with his teammates in January um, and possibly Al Blades. And we're not really sure if if that'll change by tomorrow. Uh, Another one that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I mean, Al Blades not signing on the early signing day, but um, we'll see how that evolves. He's been, you know, a little bit back and forth on it and we'll see how that evolves by tomorrow morning when most of those letters of intent will start coming in. But let's go through the whole scenario, position by position, give you a little capsule look of where recruiting stands right now and where it might be going in in the future. Uh, Quarterback, you know, long ago, Arthur Sitkowski left the the scene of the crime. He's going to Rutgers, and Miami started focusing in on a young man from Lawrenceville, Georgia, by the name of Jaron Williams. And uh, you turn on Jaron's tape. I think you'll be very impressed. I, I think he's got a lot of the similar traits that Nikozi Perry brings to the table. And he will be an early enrollee. And I think as soon as this spring that Jaron Williams is going to start pushing Nikozi Perry and Malik Rozier. And I guess as an extension of that, Evan Sheriffs. And I think it, there'll be an open competition for the starting quarterback job next year. I, I, don't, I think that by losing the Pittsburgh and Clemson games the way Miami did, that Malik Rozier's stranglehold or potential stranglehold on that position may have departed along with the unbeaten record. And we'll see what Mark Rick thinks when we get to spring practice. But uh, I would anticipate a quarterback competition through the spring and fall with Nikozi Perry, Malik Rozier, and Jaron Williams in particular uh, being at the forefront of it. Running backs, this has been a solidified position for quite some time. Miami is going to get uh, letters of intent tomorrow from five-star Lorenzo Lingard from Orange City, Florida. Running back Cameron Davis from Carroll City High School. And a guy that I think is going to become a real key part of this program in a very, very subtle way. And that's a fullback by the name of Aurelius George. And I think Mark Rick's going to love having his fullback back and having some versatility, particularly in the red zone and short yardage situations. Miami has struggled in those situations really through the first two seasons of Mark Richt. And I I think that, you know, George has a chance to develop into a prototypical fullback 
that can do pretty much anything you ask and bring a whole nother element to this offense. And obviously Lingard is a running back that should immediately come in and make an impact as well. So the running game perspective is going to change quite a bit. I think for Miami going into next season, we, you know, Mark Walton leaving, trying the NFL Lingard and Davis coming in Homer still in place. And, you know, we'll see what evolves from there. But uh, I think those are going to be your primary players going into next year. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty excited to see Lorenzo Lingard. And I'm also excited to see him running behind Rilius George, a physical fullback that can open lanes for him. And I think that'll help Miami's offensive line, which is still going to be in development mode next year quite a bit. So we'll see how that evolves down the road. Wide receivers, three longstanding commitments. You're going to get three signings tomorrow. Um, Biggest one, five-star Mark Pope from Miami Southridge at long last is going to make his signing with the Hurricanes official. That's one stud that Miami did not lose to Alabama. Broke the trend that's been going on down here where the Crimson Tide think that they can just come down here and steal the, the whatever elite players they want. And, you know, it looked like Job maybe – maybe was thinking about reversing his intentions to go to Alabama. It didn't work out that way. Mark Pope committed to Miami a long time ago, has stuck with the Hurricanes all the way through, and I'm sure that they are very pleased that that's the case. And they've broken that run of Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy and and, and now Josh Job leaving South Florida to go to Alabama. And this five-star is coming to the U. And a guy that I think might be the most, maybe the most underrated guy in this class. I, I, I'm a big fan of what I've seen of DeQuarius Wiggins, who was Pope's teammate at Miami Southridge. A little overshadowed by Pope, but this guy is a tall, lanky receiver with really nice ball skills. And I think he's going to be a really good receiver uh, for the Hurricanes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if it, how it plays out. But if, if, if I were right now evaluating who I think is one of the more underrated guys in this class, it would be Wiggins, because uh, I really like what I've seen of him over the months. There's a chance that Miami might take one more wide receiver, and uh, a chance that that could end up being Marquise Ezard from Stockbridge, Georgia. We'll see how that one plays out in January. Tight ends has to be as good a class as anybody in America. Uh, two really, really, really good tight end prospects. And uh, what a job recruiting these two guys by Todd Hartley. Uh, These are two tight ends that really could have gone just about anywhere. They locked into Miami early. Hartley did a great job bonding with them, having them bond with each other. And they've stayed committed the whole way. Both will sign tomorrow. And Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory are going to, without a doubt, I mean, I almost feel like these two are can't-miss guys. I think they, without a doubt, are going to carry on the tradition of tight end U. Offensive line, we know how important that position is in recruiting. Just because of the general state of the position right now in the program. And the lone scaife 
a teammate of Pope and Wiggins at Miami Southridge. He'll, he's committed, and he'll be signing tomorrow. Uh, offensive lineman, that's another one that I really, really like. And uh, he rose up through the ranks. I'm not going to call him, you know, uh, underrated or anything at this point because he did get his fourth star. But he w- was very competitive and relatively, you know, I, I, got, I could probably use the word dominant to a degree when he came to the rivals camps uh, over the summer, absolutely totally dominated the Florida rivals camp and then came up to the national camp. We brought him up there and did a really nice job and held his own against some of the top offensive linemen in the country. So I feel really good about this Delone Scaife signing. Cleveland Reed is a huge offensive lineman from Lakeland. He's the one that was going to visit Oklahoma and North Carolina, which I didn't like the idea of at all. I don't buy that. I just want to go and experience other places and, and, and take a vacation. You know, you go to the U, they're going to, you're going to travel all over the United States as being a member of the football team. And uh, I think it was a very, very strong move by Mark Richt and Stacey Searles and the whole team today to put a little pressure on Cleveland Reed, make him understand that if they were going to make the, if he was going to make them wait six more weeks for a letter of intent, that they couldn't just take a chance on that situation and sit on their hands, that they were going to have to go out and start recruiting other offensive linemen as well and just see how it played out. And that spooked Cleveland a little bit as it should have. Because he does love Miami, I think. And, and right now his heart is being a hurricane. And as of tonight, he told us that he will not take those visits anymore. And like I said, he will be signing. But it probably won't be tomorrow. It will probably be on Thursday. The other offensive lineman who will be signing tomorrow is John Campbell from Orlando, Dr. Phillips High. A guy that's going to be interesting to watch because he's another one that we had at the rivals national camp and he didn't do anywhere near as well as the lone scape. And, and that kind of, you know, caught my attention a little bit and uh, I'll be interested to see He's a big kid. I, I mean, you look at him, he's everything that you want in, you know, an offensive lineman, but it'll be interesting to see how he develops at, once he gets to Coral Gables. Um, that's, that, that's one that I'm just not, I'm not totally personally sure about after having seen, him in person and, and watched his tape. So we'll see how that plays out. Few offensive linemen still being recruited, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if one or two more emerged here down the stretch. I, I do think Miami will take at least four. Uh, they're looking at a kid from Valdosta, Georgia, by the name of Jalen Goss, uh, an, an FSU kid commit also from Georgia, by the name of Void in the middle for the Hurricanes. Uh, I know, you know, you, Gerald Willis coming back next year. You feel like you can count on him. You've got Ford, who in his second year should be ready to make more of a contribution. I guess there's always the chance that D.J. Johnson could grow into a defensive tackle. Pat tackle is still there. But I don't think any of us would say that this position is absolutely rock solid if Norton and McIntosh leave. So this is a little bit of a key. And uh, Nesta Silvera is obviously a big part of the equation, one of the top defensive linemen in the country at a plantation American heritage. Got to be a little disappointing, I think, that he's not signing tomorrow, although the prevailing theory is that he will be able to help recruit his teammates in January 
um, particularly a defensive back by the name of Tyson Campbell. But uh, I don't know. I personally would rather see him sign in tomorrow. But uh, right now, it does not look like that's the case. Uh, we reported earlier that Jared Goldwire, the Juco defensive tackle, that many people thought would be a Miami Hurricane, has told us that he will be signing with Louisville tomorrow. But I really like this defensive end in the class by the name of Greg Russo from Hialeah Champagnat. He looks like a skinny Joe Jackson. I, I, I think he's going to develop into a really good player. Uh, very athletic, uh, very good football instincts. And I think Greg Russo is going to be a great pickup for the Hurricanes, and he also will be signing tomorrow. In terms of other defensive linemen who will be part of the class, still think one of them will be Andrew Chatfield from Plantation Heritage, a teammate of Nesta Silvera. Uh, do still believe that he will join the U in January. And then there's a, several defensive linemen around the country that Miami's still looking at. And, you know, we're not really sure that any of them are on the cusp of committing, but uh, we'll continue to monitor that situation. There'll be one linebacker in the class, a guy that Kane stole away from the FSU commit list. That's Patrick Joyner from South Dade High School. Um, if Miami was going to take a linebacker this year, it was going to be Patrick Joyner. And he jumped, uh, jumped in the boat recently. Defensive backs, a class that was hurt a little bit by the defection of Josh Job, But Miami is, will get signings tomorrow from cornerback Gilbert Frierson from Coral Gables High, from safety Gervin Hall from Palm Beach Lakes, and from cornerback DJ Ivey from Homestead South Dade. And uh, maybe Al Blades will decide to join the crew as well. Uh, if not, uh, he almost certainly will sign at the regular signing day in February. Now, of the guys left, we do still feel pretty good about Miami's recruitment of Tyson Campbell. think there's a decent chance that they'll get him. And then there's uh, several that they're, that they're still trying to recruit. Uh, they, they've picked up Chase again with Asante Samuel, uh, Patrick Sertain. Um, obviously, they would love to get one, if not both, of those guys. And a, a fallback plan, I, I think, is Nigel Bethel from Miami Northwestern High School. Uh, it was looking like he'd go to Florida until Randy Shannon left the Florida program. Shannon's now at Central Florida. I'm sure he would take Nigel Bethel there. Uh, but I don't think there's any question that Bethel would prefer to go to Miami if he gets that opportunity. And we'll see how that plays out. And then, of course, the kicker, Bubba Baxa from Texas. Didn't have the greatest senior year, but he's got a big leg. And I think there's a confidence that he could straighten out any kicking problems he's having right now um, between now and, and, and the summertime when he arrives at Miami. So he'll be the kicker in this class. So that gives you an idea of where recruiting stands right now. Obviously, we could talk about all that tonight. And we could talk about the Orange Bowl game against Wisconsin. Miami has begun practice sessions for that game. And uh, Mark Rick's very serious about it. That, that's coming through loud and clear on the practice field, he's, you know, in, very strongly showing his team that this is a game that they need to be serious about. They need to be ready to battle it out physically. And it's a very important game for the program. And we'll talk about that more as the night goes on. But the call-in number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. 
will be here tonight uh, for as long as we have guys that want to come on and, and talk Canes football and recruiting. So let's go right out to the phones and let's start in the 845 where I'm pretty sure Greg is waiting for us. How you doing tonight, Greg? Good. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Doing good. Okay. Um, how many of these kids are going to be early entries? Do you have any idea? I do. Um, I got to pull that up on a different screen. Give me about five seconds. Right now, the guys that we expect to be the early entries are – wait, I thought I had that right here. Let me see. Uh, Lingard, Scaife, Ivy, Hall, Russo, Wiggins, Hightower, Campbell, Frierson, and Jaron Williams. So what's that? Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them. That's we we good. yeah we 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 think that there's a decent shot that that all of those guys will get in early. Okay, now why didn't Mark Rick give Al Blades the same ultimatum he gave to Cleveland Reed? Not sure, not sure. Uh, probably a little bit more concerned about Cleveland Reed than Al Blades for starters, and. Maybe he, they have given him that ultimatum. You know, we, we don't know. I mean, Al's been kind of going back and forth on it, so we're not sure. But there's a bottom line to all this. They couldn't afford to lose Cleveland Reed late and not be able to replace him with a top-shelf offensive line prospect. And um, it's just too important for them to mess around with, and I think that's why they made that call. All right. Uh, I saw Al Blades play this year against Miramar. He was atrocious. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even play his last game of the, the their last game of the year. I think he's if his name wasn't Blades, I don't even think they would have taken him. That might be fair, but his name is Blades. And okay. he wants to be a hurricane and you know what? Even if he comes in and is just a special teams player and never develops as a DB which is very possible. I I don't personally think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. You know, right. when you look now, at what when you look at what that family has meant to the Miami program, it and you know what happened with his with his dad and everything, it would be kind of hard to turn your back on Al Blades. But uh, you know, the, the the thing is that I wonder sometimes whether he's looking at this DB situation and wondering if there is going to be a playing space for him as he goes forward in his career. I mean, I've never heard him say that, but if I were him, I'd be having those thoughts. If I were looking at the quality of defensive backs that Miami's signing, I mean, if Tyson Campbell comes, you know, I'm not sure he's as good a prospect as, as say, Frierson. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if he is having doubts, which I don't know that he is, I I don't think that that they would be unjustified. I really don't. Like, you know, I think when you look at the at the at the way the young guys were playing this year in the secondary, I mean, Gervin Hall is certainly a more highly regarded prospect. So, uh, you know, by football people. So, you know, we'll see. 
Uh, now, why would Tennessee even want our Blades to come on a visit when they know he's coming to Miami? That makes no sense to me. Why do they want wasting their time with well, him? Well, he's got a longstanding relationship with Kevin Beard, and I'm sure they felt and that – and. Uh, you know, I honestly don't – I haven't checked. I don't know if Kevin Beard is, is, is even still there, you know, with everything that's been going on in Tennessee. But that would be the reason, you know, for he'd be doing it for Kevin Beard, and, and they would feel like they have a chance to uh, turn him. Uh, now, when Josh Job says, I got to do what's best for my family, isn't that – so obvious that he got something from Alabama, yet Jim Laranaga is being investigated for probably nothing, and they're killing the whole recruiting class of Miami basketball. And nobody yeah. does a damn thing about Alabama football recruiting. It's 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 unbelievable. No, it's not. It's Crazy. not a fair world. It's not a fair world, Greg. I, I, I've told you guys the story all, all you know for ten months, really. I, I, I was with Josh Job on signing day last February. Had a very nice conversation with him, and I point blank, I, I knew he was committed to Alabama. That I, I'd already known that, and you can speculate why, what, you know, really, you know, for for days and nights or, or whatever, but. I point blank said to to him, I said, "Is there any chance that you're that you would go to Miami?" And he looked me right in the eye, and he shook his head and he said, "No." <laughs> and I never changed my opinion that he wasn't going to end up in this class because, you know, and and the only thing that kind of was through me was how he played along. With Miami for all these months, he went to all those practices and, and visited the coaches so many times with DJ Ivy and Frierson and was tweeting out, suggesting that he was going to Miami. And, and it, it was just really, really, really weird. And, and I, but I never forgot that conversation, and I'm not the least bit surprised that he pulled this. It's the, you know, and, and it's not dissimilar. I wrote about this the other day. To what Jerry Judy pulled last year, and and I really believe that this is part of the Alabama mo. Like I think this is a coordinated attack, so to speak, on Miami, a school that they unquestionably fear as much as just about anybody in terms of what they can get done in recruiting and how this program can emerge moving forward and threaten their reign on college football. And I think they just love to block these guys up early and, and have them play along. And then as you get a week or two before signing day and you need a PR push to take you over the finish line for, for signing day and in recruiting, you make this grand theatrical move and the kids come in Alabama. Well, he was always going to Alabama. You know, so I don't know. I, I got to believe that down in Coral Gables, they're starting to get a little onto this. And I'll be surprised if, if, if this keeps happening in the future, because this is this is two years in a row. I mean, you remember uh, last year, Judy came on a recruiting visit, a, a weekend visit with his mom and and let everybody along that he might be considering flipping from Alabama when there was absolutely no chance that he was flipping from Alabama. 
And so now this is two years in a row they've been played like this by Alabama guys, and I, I, I just I'll be shocked if there's a if there's a a, a strike three on this one because they got to be seething down there. I'm sure they are so mad about this, uh, and they have every right to be because uh, they've been disrespected by this kid and and and, and his family and 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 what went on it was not right, but it happens in recruiting. Right. How about the the Alabama coaches, Penunzio, were up at, in Connecticut the other day when Miami coaches were there. That, that guy, his, oh, his mentor up there, I'm sure, got paid also. But anyway, my last point, can we talk a little about the number six-ranked basketball team? This uh, – this team is really good, but it's only going to be for this year because they may lose their top three players. They're going to lose Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown for sure, and probably Yule, and we'll be down at the bottom of the ACC after that because we'll have no recruits coming well, in. Because they can't recruit, like their, their recruiting has come right. to a st- like an absolute stall. They because of the whole. FBI thing, and you're right. It could be crippling for a while. All right, because this team is, has a legitimate chance to win the ACC. No doubt. All right. Um, I hope uh, we can pull in Tyson Campbell for sure and maybe certain That will top it off and make it a great class and a couple D linemen. All right, thank you. Let somebody else get on. Have a good, have happy holidays. Same to you, Greg. Thank you as always for being part of the show. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to follow Greg and come on the show. Let's go now to the eight five zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how's it going, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Uh, this Omar, Tallahassee, man. What's up, Omar? What you got for us? Not that much. You kind of caught me off guard. I called about five minutes late. I didn't think I would be this close <laughs> to getting in. But um, uh, I, I would say um, I, I really think recruiting uh, class is it's a good class. Um, I'm with the, the guy job, Jobs. Uh, I really don't know. I, I don't think I don't like his his attitude towards the program. So I think he was one of those ones. I'm happy he left. Well, he, he's not co- committing to us because I don't know. It, sometimes talent. He, he's talented, but attitude also. He's a you know athletic player, but to you know it's like he he screened us so on screened us along so long like. So long that then you all of a sudden when it's come to official visits and everybody coming this weekend, you decide to go to Alabama. I'm like, come on, complete and utter disrespect, just absolute disgusting, despicable disrespect. Yeah, he he, he had that like that. You want to go to Alabama? Go to Alabama. Just go. Yeah, but don't just sit, don't dance with us all night. Then, <laughs> then after the prom over with, then you get in the car with somebody else. <laughs> That's how it feels like. We was at the prom, he danced with us all night. Then after the prom, he decided 
to get get with his side chick or something like that. <laughs> well, I, like I said a minute ago, Omar, I don't I don't believe he ever was really in the Miami camp. I, I just don't I just don't believe it because yeah. of because of what he yeah. told me face to face. Like uh, if I hadn't had that conversation, I'd believe it. But no, not not after he told me in February that he wasn't that there was no chance he was going to Miami. No chance. He said that in February. That's what he told me. I I, I said I said to him this. I said, is there any chance? That you would go to Miami, and he told me no. <laughs> like, why would you commit? You know what? Some dudes commit for politics. Things change. You know, we gave him we gave him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, things change. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but that, it's like I don't know. Some people just commit. Just it's it's a politics to it. You know, just as I think it was a total charade, and I think it was orchestrated, yeah. and I think and I think Alabama was in on it. And that the whole thing was planned to take all of the yeah. focus off the fact that he was going to Alabama and, yeah. and let him just let sit there and string Miami along. And then at the yeah, end, he, he really... says, oh, just kidding. I'm going to Bama. I mean, this wasn't just like – I mean, I'm talking about going from being a commit to it being a freaking contentious deal. I yeah. mean – yeah, I mean, his family essentially saying that nobody from Miami can even come to their house to visit. Like, hi, like what's that all about? You know, so I, very, very, very ugly, uh, very suspicious, very. So they didn't even want any visits from Miami. Correct. At the end, no. It just, wow. it just totally went. It just totally. That, I, I mean, the Miami coaches went up like to Connecticut. Name. They went up to the prep school, Omar, in Connecticut, where he was. But no, there was no home visit down here. Wow, nope. that just show you right there that they can't they can't even look look the coaches in the eyes and you know really tell disgusting. The truth. Yeah, they don't want to. It's just how you just disassociate yourself with Miami being committed. Now all all of a sudden no visit, no nothing. Yeah, we we don't want to keep in contact. That that just basically saying yeah. You are already, if you felt that way, then yeah, you're gone, you know. And at that point, they knew they had to show their cards. That This new signing day thing really killed them. Because he would have probably took it out longer than this if if this new signing day wasn't here. He would probably been saying it all the way to, um, you know, signing day. Oh, yeah. I Maybe. Think about it, I think. Well, yeah. if you but, think about Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy last year, it was the same thing a few weeks before he signed, a week, you know, a week or two before he signed. Yeah, he contemplated same, same thing. Yeah, man. I but mean, it's okay. They, 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 they knew. Alabama knew that Judy was gone for a weekend visit to Miami. They, the whole thing yeah. was agreed upon before he ever made the visit. They knew he was going, yeah. and there was the complete understanding that once he got done with the visit, taking his mom down to the Grove for a nice weekend – that he was going to reaffirm to Alabama. And I, and I honestly think, like I said, I, I think that these things are contrived. Like, I think that this is a script. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's it's being almost, it's happened twice, you know, twice in a row. We lose the, like our biggest best commit, you know, to Alabama or, you know, that potential. Yeah. But it's, well, it's definitely, Judy, Judy was never committed. Never and Calvin committed, Ridley yeah, was only committed for about a half a day. So, Wow. <laughs> but, wow, like, you man, know, you it. see, they're not playing around with just guys here. Like, 
you know, Calvin Ridley is going to probably be the first receiver taken in the NFL draft this year. Like, these are not Man, insignificant awesome. players that we're talking about. Nah, it's definitely not. And he's going to take um, – Judy's going to take his, his role, basically, in, like, for real. They keep one main big guy from down south to throw the ball to. That's state MO. We want just – they just need one, <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> they keep getting the best one every time, all the way back to uh, – What's the old boy who played for the Raiders now? I forgot his name. Mari Cooper. Yep. Him. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, on to other things. Um, I, I'm i nervous about this game coming up, man. I want these, like you said, Mark Rich um, is trying to preach these boys to get serious. I, I, I think I, they need to get serious, too, because I feel like it almost to the thing, like, since the – the fan base kind of satisfied. I don't want these boys to be, you know, content with, okay, yeah, we, we had a good season. We had a good run. And, no, we got to end it off on a good note. Like, don't just go out there just like this a regular, you know, exhibition game or, you know, something like that. You got to – I want these boys to really stay focused. And it's it's kind of hard when you're coming off that two week, you know, just relaxing, not playing football. But, yeah. I want them. I I I hope them boys show up and really play, and I hope we keep knowing and old um, Macintosh, man. We definitely need them boys in the middle because I think we got some good potential. You know, we got some good potential D D tackles coming in. Well, coming up, and we got Lewis back, like you said. And but I just think with them boys coming back one more year, we might be like Clemson on that defensive line tip, like by next year for real. Cause it's it's getting good, but it's, it can get even better, you know, with just uh, with them staying and and everybody behind them able to grow up a little bit more before they actually leave. But um, I, I think that's good. How you feel about us only getting one linebacker? Do you think that's you feel that? Yeah, good it's fine. Yeah, because they're in good shape for next year, and then next year that'll be a priority. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, um, that's all I got for today, man. I ain't gonna hold you up. I'm listening to the calls and um yeah, I'll talk to you. when you next show you gonna have after this. You know, I'm not sure. I was thinking about that because, you know, we've got the game on the uh yeah. on the thirtieth and I'm not sure New Year's Eve is a great day to do a show, certainly not at night. Yeah. And during the day yeah. I think people are still working, so I don't really wanna do that. And yeah, then there's so uh there's there's New Year's Day, you know, which yeah. might be okay. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. That's that, that might be a that might be a possibility. But then I got to um, the thing is I got to shoot up to Orlando for the Under Armour practices. Uh, you know, we have several several of these guys that are signing are going to be playing in the Under Armour game. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna shoot up there. And, and, might might be what when the next time they did the end of recruiting something like that. Probably. Yeah, I mean, we might wait. We might wait a couple of weeks. We just might not get to talk about the bowl game, but that as, quite as much. But yeah. yeah, we we might wait a few weeks. So we'll see. But I'll make sure I post it in, pl- in plenty of time. I just I just don't know if it's going to work out because of the New Year and New Year's yeah, Eve and and, and, and all that. Yeah. And then uh, like I like I said, I got to get up to the Under Armour practices for a day or two. So we'll see. All right. Well, I'll be tuned in, man. Talk to you. Um, talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right, Omar. Thanks for being part of the All show, right. as always. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. 
And this next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by the startup.com, the world's first virtual incubator created by Kane's fans to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And uh, the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. And The Ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit thestartup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price, to rule them all, the startup.com, and we uh, thank them for being a Kane Sport Live sponsor the entire year, and uh, just a really great company, a company founded by Kane's fans, and part of their pre-screening process for employment is if you're not a Kane's fan, you don't get a job there, okay? So uh, it's a Kane company, and they want to make life better for Kane families and entrepreneurs and small business owners, so give them a check out. When you get a chance to startup.com, they think they can help you run your business a little bit more efficiently. All right, let's go back out to your calls. Let's go to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Just wanted to uh, touch base, man. I think it's going to be a really good class, man. Like I said, uh, uh, that whole Jovish deal, I mean – I mean, we just and everybody just move on, you know, and just focus on, you know. I think Mark Rick is doing a tremendous job as far as, uh, you know, tackling and, and, and recruiting uh, South Florida. So, I mean, you you're not gonna win them all, but I mean, I get where you're coming from, Gary. You mean when somebody's saying, you know, from from a standpoint of saying that I'm committed to Miami and doing this and doing that, and it, it, it comes to a point where it's beyond. You know, it's a character deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and, uh, of course you're not winning them all. Like, of course not. Yeah. But but this was just yeah. disgusting disrespect. Yeah. Yeah, and for, you know, the coaches have to go up there and put all that work in. But, it, you know, it is what it is. But my question to you, um, with Tyson Campbell, do you see him, I think if he comes into Miami, do you see him not going from corner to safety? The beat, being at the size that he is, the range that he has. I mean, anything can anything could happen, but from from what what I've seen of him, I, yeah, I think he's a he's a pretty good raw cornerback. You know, he's uh he's pretty darn good now. Okay, okay. And what about uh, um, Sertan and 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 uh, and Sanders? Because the reason I ask you that because LSU having some issues. They got a lot of players decommitting, and 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 it's, it, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. That transition with with Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A and M is going to really help Miami, especially with guys that thinking about going to Florida State, especially with all the stuff that's going on at Florida State and the recruits that's coming out of Louisiana. Now instead of them looking at at, at LSU, you got a recruiter at Jimbo Fisher. So you, it's a lot of things are going to change, man. Like you're going to see a lot of things, a lot of guys that you didn't expect, you know, come down to Miami. I mean that. With Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A and M, I mean that was that timing was perfect. And I even Dan Mullen being at Florida, I don't even think that's a that's a good fit. Not, I don't see him going to somebody's you know living room and convincing a kid, seventeen, eighteen years old, 
to to it's something about him I can't really put my hands on about that guy. But I just I think feel the same way, and I can't put my hands you know on it I'm either. Some about that guy. I feel the same some way. You know, some about Dan Mullen, it just doesn't fit right. It's just it, it, it really is, and I just see a lot of players, and I right now Miami really we is in I think it's in a prime position to, to just to capitalize, man. On when you think about it, Gary, again you got a you got two you got kids that three and 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 whatever two star recruits, and you compare them. I mean, in, in you know South Florida, you compare them to kids that may be four or five star recruits in, in Oklahoma, Tennessee, or wherever it may be. I mean, you got too much talent, and I and I, I'm and my my thing is that I just hope we can go a little bit more, like in the Midwest for some offensive linemen. That's the only thing I would, I you know, I don't you know Iowa, Nebraska, get some of those, you know, because look look at Stanford's old line. I just hope we can get some of those those big just bruising old lineman. And and I, I wouldn't it wouldn't matter if it was a three star, uh a two star, but you know you know what I'm talking about, big huge offensive linemen, you know, with some with some good footwork and, and what and you put all you put a big line in front of all those athletes, I mean, Gary, I mean that's you you that's a win win situation, man. It really is. You know, so um I just want to get your thoughts on that, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I think that who they're recruiting is pretty much who they're recruiting for 2018, but mm-hmm. 2019 is an open canvas right now. Gotcha. Okay, okay. And uh, trying to think, uh, but oh, so what you, what you think the uh, the deal is with? And, and I mean, you can put me on hold out this with with Sertan and and Samuel. Who do you think we have a better shot at? Do you think we have a shot at getting both of them? You just put me on hold. I would probably say hmm, I would probably if I had to pick one that the chances might be better, I would maybe say Sertan over Samuels. I still think Samuels at the end of the day ends up at Florida State, but you know, it, that's just guessing. I mean, we don't really know right now. They're not really tipping their hand. So, you, we'll see. That'll know, be Sertan, that'll be January drama for us. And you know that connection with Sertan, you know he's from New Orleans, you, you know. So, mm-hmm. but he played the Southern Miss, his dad. Yeah, but, but, but uh, you know, but his dad is here now, and and from what I've heard, his dad would love for him to stay down here and be able to see him play every week, okay. and you know, so okay. we'll see. All right, I appreciate it. All man. right, Roland, Definitely. thank you for being part of the show. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. How you doing? It's your boy, Sebastian. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I wasn't sure you was having a show tonight. I'm glad that you uh, glad that you are. Just kind of keep giving us, keeping us, and giving us an update on everything that's going down. Um, got a couple questions for you, man. What about that uh, from a recruiting standpoint? What about that kid Collins from uh, North Carolina? Is he signing? Is he signing with North Carolina tomorrow? Is We're pretty sure right? he's signing with North Carolina. Is he, he? There was a little crack there still, but we're pretty sure he's going to end up signing with North Carolina tomorrow. Okay. Um, any ideas in regards to uh, are the staff talking about any type of uh, grad transfers? Anything to kind of fill some holes on the? On the team from a debt perspective, it's 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 always possible now that they didn't get Goldwire. You know, he 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 was a JUCO that they really wanted. I don't uh, I don't really know yet. 
where this thing's going. You know, I, I think that they'll have to sit back and reevaluate once they get through tomorrow and, and, and just assess where they are and, and where they want to go in January. Okay. Um, could you talk a little bit about the health of the football team? I mean, now that, now that the season's over and we had a couple of weeks off, um, any injuries or something like that that we may not know about as far as, you know, kids not being able to play in the bowl game or not available? I think, know about injuries, but I think I mean, just the I ones you know about. Yeah, you know, I, I think the ones okay. you know about. Okay. Um, I wanted to I wanted to talk about um, uh, one of our recruits that I don't think he's getting a lot of publicity, but I was just really, really pleased to hold on to him, and that's Gervin Hall. Um, I knew Alabama yes. was really trying him hard, and he was kind of quiet about his whole entire recruiting as he went through the recruiting season and everything. He was one of those kids that I was just wondering, you know, uh, it was just it, he was so quiet it was kind of scary. But the fact that the, the coaching staff was able to pull him in, not only is he going to sign tomorrow, but he's actually going to uh, enroll early. The secondary is looking pretty good for next year. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I mean, if we don't lose, you know, except for the players that we expect to lose as far as graduation and we hold on to Mike Jackson, I mean, secondary looks pretty good for next year. I don't know what your thoughts on that, but I don't see that being the weakest link. No, I totally agree with you. You know, I think it got better this year and it's going to get even better next year. And uh, Gervin Hall, I think you're spot on. Like he's one that you're thinking as the whole thing goes along that they were going to be life and death to hold on to just because of who else was recruiting him and how many schools were taking their shots and, and elite schools. And yeah, he never wavered. And so I agree with you that, 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 that's a great job uh, by, I, I think Ephraim Banda was the lead recruiter on Gervin Hall. And, and that, 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 that was a hell of a job right there. You know, when I, when I look at this coaching staff and you look at, you know, where can you see, like, improvements or just signs in regards to is Miami on the trajectory back? I mean, that's a prime example. See, it's the kind of kid that you don't have a whole lot of fanfare with, but it's it's your Mark Pope, it's your DeLone Scaife, it's your Paul, um, you know, talented three, I mean, four or five-star athletes that you've just been able to keep and not have no drama for them, even the two tight ends that we got kind of coming in. So I want to talk about I want to talk about spring. I know these kids are going to go through mat drills. Spring is it seems like it's going to be a feverish competition in regards to a lot of areas and a lot of positions. You know, from the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, on the offensive line, on the defensive line. I'm concerned about our linebacker situation, and here's why: um, Bo may be leaving. I'm not sure if he's going to come back another year. And then we have well, our three starting line. Where did you hear that? I'm not saying he will or won't, but are, are you speculating or are you hurt he might he's not coming back? I thought that Darren Owens may be leaving. I, I, I thought. Well, I, why would I, he leave? That, well, he's, didn't he graduate? Yeah, but I think he's got one more year to play. Okay. Well, it'd be great. He might, he, he might be about at graduation academically, but uh, I mean, he certainly can, I think, play one more year of football. Well, I well I hope he does because I'm looking at the two deep on the linebacker situation. I mean, our linebackers they were good, they weren't great, but if we lose the talent on the defensive line, man, we're gonna need those boys to really, really kind of step up. 
And so I don't know if you have any insight on that in regards to what our linebacker situation is going to look like next year, being that we're only taking one through this recruiting class. Well, I think we actually should take two. Well, you got to remember, you got you know the young guys like Wilder and, and Bradley Jennings still sitting there who didn't really do much this year, who theoretically would be ready to contribute more next year. Um, you've got all three starters back. You should have Darian Owens back. So, you know, they, they've got guys there. Okay. All right. And then, but so, next year, I think you'll see them take three or four of them. Okay. Who's the linebacker that hurt, um, that hurt his knee from Central that didn't play a lot this year? Yeah, Wayman Steed. He's uh, still there. Yeah, you know, he, he'll be he'll be healthy and and in the mix next year. Okay. Um, as far as recruiting, uh, this is my last question. You could just kind of put me on hold. What are some kids or or some areas that we really need to kind of go after that we don't have somebody yet now that when January roll around, we still have a month left to recruit. We could try to go out and try to pull. I know about the Ezra kid from Stockbridge, Georgia, but I'm just wondering, you know, who else out there can we go fetch and go after, or what positions do we need to kind of just go after just to make sure that we kind of solidify? I know the offensive line. Well, I mean, offensively, I think there's the Ezard kid, and I think you'll see them get at least one more offensive lineman. Uh, defensively, I think you, you got to get one or two more there on the D-line. So I think you'll see that. And then the DBs that they're still going after, Tyson Campbell, Asante Samuel, Pat Sertain. Okay. I think once they get get through that, they should be about done. Um, There might be one or two guys that emerge that we don't know about right now, you know, that come into the – you know how Jeff Thomas came into the picture late last year? You know, there could be one of those. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about this bowl game. This bowl game is important to us. I- I'll tell you why. I mean, it's on our home field. We had a pretty decent season. We got 10 wins. To end the season in last two and to be going into the off season, um, when our first game is against LSU, um, I feel like if we lose it, we're actually taking a step back, whereas if we win it, we're actually taking, like, two steps forward because, you know, the gates are going to be open as far as a lot of positions um, being up for grab. You're going to have two, ten new players that are enrolling in early. You're going to have a strong recruiting class, and you have players that are coming back that were, um, that were injured. And that LSU game, I'll be there. That's big. I mean, that's big kind of going into next year. So I know Mark Rick is really serious about us winning this ball game, but if you could talk a little bit about what it's going to take for us to beat a Wisconsin team, I'd appreciate that and just kind of hope. Oh. You know, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to take a, a Notre Dame game-like performance. Wisconsin's a very good team. They've got one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, they're very a very tough team, as, as Wisconsin teams usually are. Miami's going to have, probably have an edge in speed and athleticism, and, and they're going to have to be able to exploit that, and I think they're going to have to show up ready to slug it out. They're going to have to be willing to get physical with these guys and, and, and match their physicality, and if they do, I think they'll be okay. I mean, these matchups are typically pretty good, I mean, for, for Miami teams. 
but you gotta but you gotta be mentally prepared to slug it out. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a field goal by Bashley. I think that's how the game's going to end. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I don't think it's gonna be a a shootout. I I could see it easily being a twenty four twenty one game or twenty seventeen game and a field goal by Bashley, but. Man, if our boys come to play, man, and that, that, that crowd is electric and we can come out with a victory, I'm, I'm just saying the next time we talk, if we're talking about 11-2 Miami team going into next year, knowing our first game is against LSU, I think that's a good place to be compared to end the season with three straight losses with a whole lot of questions. Yeah, there's a big difference. There, there, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's a monstrous difference between winning and losing this game. You win, you you know you you accomplish so much this year. It's an uplifting feeling, and you're probably going to be top five in the country to start the year next year. Yeah, and and not you only lose, that, you, you lose. Everybody forgets everything you did. You know, it, it, it becomes it becomes relatively meaningless. Like nobody's going to care how well they played against Notre Dame and Virginia Tech at home. You know, you know the other thing I, I want to mention, Gary, is. I mean, I talked about those grand transfer opportunities. I'm just looking at if I'm a graduate student someplace else and I have another year of eligibility and I'm looking at a Miami team that went 11-2 and two, who's probably going to be top 10, top 5, first game of the season against LSU, you may be able to attract a, 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 a really solid grad transfer, maybe on the offensive line or the defensive line. Or just a difference maker, and and you know it just. I don't know if you want to speak on that. I'm just saying, if we end the season at 11 and two, going into next year, knowing that we're going to be ranked pretty high, knowing we have a lot of talent kind of coming back, I don't know. There may be some. There may be a kid that's just out on the fence somewhere, that that can come in and just kind of plug the hole for Miami. So you know, so we'll take a look at that. Great season, uh, Gary. Appreciate all that you've done. I look forward to your updates at the Under Armour game. Um, that'd be a great time to have a, a, one of those shows while you're up there. But uh, look forward to talking with you again. Appreciate all that you've done. Have a good holiday season, and uh, just keep me on. You got it. Uh, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, we're heading into hour number two here. And as we do, we are. I, I can report to you guys that we are starting to get some pretty strong indications from Mr. Al Blades that he also – will likely now be signing tomorrow. So if that's the case, then the only holdout from the commitment list would be Nesta Silvera. And, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe he changes his mind also. So things continuing to look good for the Hurricanes as they go through their first early signing day. And uh, it's going to have a very big signing day kind of feel to it with all these guys signing on the dotted line tomorrow. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? What's going on? What's going Doing on? Doing good. What you, what you got for us this week? You got a long list? Not really, but it seems right. like you and Omar – Seems like you and Omar is trying to get me upset. I'm tra- checking into the show. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to go over everything that, you know, listen to everything towards the ball game. And 
Ah, you guys are talking about this joke thing, and um, you're absolutely right. You did mention that. You yeah, we, that we haven't had a show it. since he did this, so you know that's why. Yeah. It's no, it's not a great you. it's not a great topic of conversation. I'm just playing when I say you guys are getting upset. It pisses me off. But we had this conversation, me, you, and probably all year. The other people that the thing that people you know you got people that's out there that's saying the kid is allowed to make his own decision. These are young men and blah blah blah. Stop putting these kids down when they make their decision. Stop bashing them. Listen, man, listen. This kid could have the young man could have cost us some guys that we, we could have went after. He could have. When you're staying committed in a class, that means we have that position from you and you're committed, so we're going to remain committed. So that means we can't really go out there and kind of sell and ask other guys to come be, you know, part of our class when you're there. You're a four-star, five-star, whatever you are. Kids are going to look at that and say, okay, I don't think I could come there and play because that kid is there. So you're saying it's part of the master plan from Alabama. Yes, it is. That's how they play. I'm sure their mentor, his mentor was part of the game. When you said his mom got the free trip and she was able to eat and all that type of stuff, that's fine. I mean, you know well, I how it looks. I didn't get into that. No, no, no. I no, didn't no. get into that. No, no, no. No, yeah. no. no, no. Say, oh, oh you're talking about Joe. Okay. Yeah, and whoever's mad at me, give me a call. But what I'm saying is, yeah, they was able to use – that's part of the grand scheme. That's part of the grand scheme. That's how they want to play. Mm-hmm. They're really scared of what's going to happen down the road. So, you know, just to, just to, you know, I also want to touch on something, too. You, um, forget Job, and I said it. Uh, let's, let, let's talk about Riley. You say he has a chance to be the first wide receiver chosen. Now, that, here's the thing I, I feel about that, Gary. Um, he might Ridley. be, he might be, really, really. The only, I see him doing it only if he dominates at the combine. Because he will. What, no, wait a minute. What video have we seen? What, how, have we seen where he's making catch after catch and catch after catch? That's going to be able to make you know. There's a bunch of wide receivers in the country that's that's, that's played better than him this year, Gary. That's eligible. Well, but you, you know, he's an athletic freak. His what's held him back, if anything at all, has been the offense they have and the fact that they don't really have a passing quarterback. And that's what I'm saying. It won't be. It won't be from his highlights. It will be from him after dominate the combine. So yeah, and he, and he will. He, he's the real deal. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Um, should we feel good at this point that we're I, not going to lose any coaches? No, I'm sorry. We're any not co- lose any coaches. Oh, coaches! Right now, it doesn't look look that way. Say again. I mean, I guess you know Ron Dugans always could decide to to go to Florida State, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, because we should feel good around this point. I mean, it could still happen after a ball game. Guys could get picked up. Guys could, believe it or not, get even move on to the NFL. That's, that happened to us a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, I'm just thinking about that a little bit. Now, what date, when do we find out when some of these um, our senior guys are going to get invited to the combine? Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're... – some a few guys got invited to the Senior Bowl. Uh, the the combine, uh, I would guess after the bowl games. Okay, because I'm thinking that we should at least at least have a five guys: kicker, barrier, and a couple of other guys. Definitely. Herndon. Herndon will get invited. Herndon, Herndon Thomas. 
and maybe I'm forgetting one or two more guys. I'm feel kind of feel bad for McDermott. Don't know if he's going to get invited to that, but he might. Yeah, not sure. He might though. He might. All right, yeah. Ross. Well, you wait, got anything else? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. got more? So, 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 of course. The wide receiver that um, you know, I'm intrigued by him, and I'm a little nervous that Florida State might get his commitment. You you could never have enough guys. You could never have enough Ezzard? guys. Hazard. I like him, Gary. I went yeah, in. He's... I looked. I spotlighted him. I made sure I went and watched the little thing. Mm-hmm. He runs route. He's tough. He's tough after after contact. Yeah, he'd be a he nice pickup. I agree. You know, I think you made a bolt, um, Anquan Bolden type of comparison. Perfect. He got four or five speed, but it's but it's football speed. And we already have burners on the team, so he'll be a, a tremendous compliment to the other guy. He'll bring that toughness, you know. Um, yeah, I and, agree. And, and, and on top of that, here's, here's, a, here's a little stupid thing, but he also wears a, a, a look-alike Miami uniform. <laughs> it looks mm-hmm. like our uniform, the jersey. Yeah, so. you know, I don't just sit here and take for granted that the program's all set at receiver for years here. I mean, you know, it, it's like – you know, to me, Jeff Thomas had an okay freshman year. I I didn't think Harley was very effective getting open at all. Uh, you know, Langham plays a handful of plays a game. You know, he'll be back next year. But, like, I, I agree with what you just said. You cannot have enough talent and then let them compete and, and see who rises to the top. The position. you got to get greedy at the position because everybody else is doing it. And um, you, you just got to get greedy. Um, I love him, and I would hate to have to see him because he's physical, and he he he'll make you he'll make you pay that to playing against him, to play against him. So you know, I'm just um, just one of the guys that I would like to get as a little nugget added to the class. You know, so just um, here's something, Gary. Hey, listen, man. Um, we're getting a nice fullback. We have great talent that's coming in. Here's something that's really really been bothering me. We have to figure it out in the offensive line. We must. Yeah, well, that's that's an old story, Ross. Of course they got to figure it yeah, out on the yeah, offensive yeah, line. And now yeah, you're losing yeah. McDermott and Darling. Now you really got to figure it out. That'll be the story of spring practices. The you know the the maintenance and rebuilding of the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because every time we talk about it, we should. No, no, no. Every time, yeah. Yeah, quick. Every time we talk about it, but you kind of say, "Ah, oh, it's going to be a rebuilding," and you're literally blase, blase about the offensive line. It takes what's years. It takes years to rebuild an offensive line. It just doesn't well, happen in one of, year. And I think it's still going to take a few more years, Ross, before that, that position's that right. So what you're telling us, we're going to be wasting our talent. Is what you're telling it's us. Not bad. It's not, you're not wasting talent. It's just you got to get to the point where you got ten guys. That and and you yeah, know you're always losing somebody every year. So. Or a few guys every takes, year. So it, if it takes if it takes two years, that means the wide receivers and the guys that we have now that sophomores and guys that's coming in that's going to be sophomores and juniors. That means that's exactly about wasting talent. What I mean on the offensive line, as far as guys, our, our skill position guys is what I'm saying. Because if we're taking two years to figure it out, guys, that's not that's not good enough. Yeah, it's not good enough that we won't be able to utilize our talent. Mm. Is what I'm thinking. All right, Ross. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go because I got I got some some more breaking news on the Al Blades front. So I'm gonna get to that. that. But uh, th- th- thanks as always for being part of the show. Put me on. Hold.
You got it, man. So we've been talking about Al Blades, and I told you a few minutes ago that there are some signs that he might be reversing course and and signing with possibly with Miami tomorrow. And we just spoke with uh, some members of, of, of his camp, and uh, what we're told um, by his mother, actually, is that she and Al are sitting down about right now to discuss this situation and come to a decision on whether he should sign tomorrow or not. And uh, maybe we'll get word before the show's over of what that final decision is. We'll see. But uh, they're having a little family meeting in the Blades household right now to make that final decision as Al goes back and forth on whether to become a Miami Hurricane tomorrow or postpone it to February. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Uh, glad that you're having the show this week. All righty. Who's this? It's uh, Everything 305. Hey, what's up, man? How are you this week? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, just want to point out, uh, you guys are talking about the offensive line. Uh, what you're going to see more than anything is how good of a teacher Coach Shiro's really is with the uh, with the seniors moving on and with the uh, the uh, the guys we have on on our roster that really will not be back next year. Jahir Jones and Bar Milo, uh, you know uh, Brown, Trashmelis, you guys who for sure cannot play. Uh, so you're going to find out how good of a coach he really is when you look at all these young guys that he's had now for some for one year, some for two years, and to see if they're able to come in and, and spring ball and, and contribute. So uh, the true test for him will come now. Um, in, in terms of recruiting, um, when you look at the offensive line, the biggest need we have is for size. Size and quality size, athletic size. And, and, and we just – when you look at the guys that are out there, Gary, that we've tried to go after this year, I, it just it hasn't been impressive. I mean, I just think it's it's an understatement how how um, you know the local guys that we have they're good athletes, they're good size, but they're not at that level. Um, and the only one that I would say the difference is the kid that used to be at Killian, and I think he's got great feet, he's a great athlete, probably would have been a great defensive tackle to be honest with you. But besides him, I mean. Really haven't made uh, any significant signings or commitments, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, wait, so you're you're talking about significant signings? Where? In the offensive line. I mean, I don't know that that's fair. I mean, what like what's like what's Navon Donaldson? What's you know the Lance? Don't year, this year, this year, this Scaife? year. Scaife this is, is a significant. Kelly was the only one. Yeah, and, and you know, Cle- Cleveland Reed, pe- Cleveland Reed potentially, I think falls in that category. I agree with you; they need one or two more, if that's your point. But I, I just don't think a high caliber kid. And we've got to be able to get that big five star kid that just dominates those kids that that Notre Dame gets, those kids that Stanford gets, the kids that you know go to USC. You've got to get one of those two monsters. We got a monster in, in Donaldson this year. But there's no monster coming in next year. No, it's, so you, you know what? Hope. We we've talked about this all year. It's very very hard 
for Florida schools to recruit at the line of scrimmage because the state of Florida does not produce a lot of great linemen. And it's it's, it's even more pronounced at defensive tackle. And Miami's done a great job there in, 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 in building that position despite that. And I think you've seen it for years on the offensive line. I mean, even when Miami was great, a lot of years, it was with overachievers and guys that Archeo would find in Canada and, and, and think places like that. I, I mean, it's it's always been a challenge to recruit interior linemen. So I, I think it's critical that we uh, we see what Sarah's going to be able to do this year uh, with that with those youngsters. Those guys have to evolve. They have to develop. They have to get better. A great analogy I'm going to use with you guys who last year at this time we were thinking they're probably going to transfer because they're not, they're not good enough to play. The kid from Alabama, defensive back, next thing you know, he has a fantastic year. So we've got one coach for sure that developed players on the other side of the ball. Um, and he'll be tested next year because there's no question our two defensive tackles will not be here next year. Those guys will not be here. There's too much money on the table. They can't pass up Gary. I hope Those I hope you're wrong. I don't necessarily wrong. think you're wrong, but I hope you're wrong because those guys have no business going pro right now. I, I, you don't I you don't leave them. early to be a third, fourth, fifth round draft pick. I'm sorry, that just makes uh, zero sense to me. Well, I, I'm hearing McIntosh is going to slip into that second round. I mean, the guy has it. He he's one guy going to go combine. He's going to get a combine in, but I think, and he's going to go to the combine and he's going to blow it up. That kid is a freak athlete. Uh, more he was—he he might have been the, the fourth best defensive lineman in, in just the Clemson game. Yeah, and you've got you've got three division, you got three first. And then you got a, game you got an entire country of linemen to be evaluated, and he might have been the, maybe the fourth. I mean, he was zero impact in that game. Zero. Did he look well, to you against against I, I, that he, level he, of competition he, he, like anybody I, I that's close he, to being ready to go to the National Football League? Uh, I think he did a really good job against against Clemson's offensive line. He was tag teamed a lot, and he was able to get up blocks. He did have two tackles for loss, if I'm not mistaken, in the last game. They haven't had a sack, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, he, he definitely uh, – that whole game was a train wreck, but I, I'm not going to use that as a barometer. As to what that kid has, his physical abilities. His well, going into the game, he was a fourth. He was projected as a fourth or fifth round pick going into that game. Third, do you think fourth, he? Do you think? Do you think he improved I'm that hearing, stock? I'm I'm hearing that right now, based on the film against those two Notre Dame guys that are projected first rounders, he kicked their ass. And I'm hearing he's got a great shot of getting that second round. A fantastic. He's a freak that, athlete. You're hearing that from whom? Who are you hearing that from? Good friends, good friends of mine that, that I've known for a long time. Uh, but how would they know? Yeah, it's a smaller world. I, well, what's the works in the National Football League? So I, I hope he knows a little bit still. He's a little about their age, long of a tooth, but he's been around for a while. He's a pretty accurate person. But I, that's one thing I'm hearing. The next thing that I'm definitely hearing, those two guys are definitely going to be gone, Nestor Silvera. And with those two guys projected to leave, I would have thought that the kid that's committed to Louisville really would have had a chance that we could have flipped him around, and and that didn't work out as it's being reported. But we need to get Silvera signed ASAP. And that's the one scare that I have on defensive line is we need to get him signed now because you have no idea what those pre-Madonna kids from Heritage are going to end up doing if they all might go together someplace. And, you know, 
There's a lot of desperate people out there this time of year, especially the ones that are not going to do well tomorrow or in the next 48 hours aren't going to do well. And, you know, we've got to be careful with that. I mean, he's a done deal and all that, but until he signs, it's not a done deal. And I think that's one one guy that if I'm Coach Cool, who's one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, that's my biggest concern right now. The I want to come with my teammates and see if I can persuade them. You know what? The ultimate way of persuading somebody is when you buy totally in. And that's what's, that's what's happened with Al Blaine, and that's what's happened with the other guy. Either buy in or possibly you might not be here. And that's yeah, I, I agree. That, that's what that would be what I'd be saying if I was Mark Richt. And you have I wouldn't to. be playing. Listen, the fact, Gary, the fact that we had a coach six years ago go to a local high school and tell that high school coach, you don't have those guys here from FSU when I'm here. You let them know I'm here. That mentality, that's the one thing that Mark doesn't have because he's too much by the book and he's too much of a great guy. When those guys went up there to Connecticut, and those other guys were there, especially the, the guy who was here who was, had three uh, NC2A violations against him, especially that guy, I would have walked out. It would have been over with. And I would well, have done with that. No, well, I mean, that's, oh, no. that's, if you're going to recruit, you've you know, got to put your big Gary, boy pants on. That, that was you, old school it, recruiting gamesmanship. Got to uh, give, you know give, give them credit, okay? That was, that was that, old school recruiting it, it, gamesmanship. It's not credit, Gary. It's respect. It's respect. When I'm here, and you know I'm going to be here from this time to this time, you tell the other guy, well, come in later. And as a former high school coach that dealt with tons of college coaches coming in, an AU coach, I can tell you, you don't put them all in the same room. You never do that. You never do Now, there's a hierarchy who goes first. And that's, you're always going to piss somebody off. But when it comes to what that advisor who obviously got paid, like the rest of these uh, middlemen bums that are out there that have ruined athletics as a whole and the amateur world especially, you know, you don't, you don't put up with that. And, I, and I'm di- I'll tell you, what I'm dying for is the day behind closed doors somewhere in a men's bathroom at an airport where somebody jacks up Satan and his little staff. That's the day I'm waiting for. Because you know what? Back in the day, that happened all the time, Gary. I, I remember Mar- I remember Mario Cristobal almost getting ready to jack up Urban Meyer one time at Miami Lakes High School. <laughs> oh, I know that when, story. When, Ur- when, Ur- when Urban Meyer pulled a similar stunt and showed up at the same time. <laughs> Back in the day, we used to call the bump would happen in the bathroom or outside of the bathroom when you were recruiting the kids sometimes. If somebody interrupted your bump as a college coach, you waited until everybody was gone. The next chance they were in that bathroom, you had a gentleman's conversation. That does still exist in this world today. Somebody needs to smack that Satan guy right in the face one day, and it hasn't happened yet. Same thing with the guy who fakes the heart attacks all the time. You know, they, they, they've got no self-respect. This guy comes out and talks about how poor the NC2A is with this, that, and the other, uh, the early signing period. And we continue to go ahead and give him a podium to speak. This, this guy's ruining college football. Hell, he ruined the Miami Dolphins in two years. And, and, and nobody stands up to Every once in a while, you've got to go old school, Gary. I, mean, I know I'm old. I'm sorry. I know being in my 60s, I know I'm a little bit older. You've got to smack someone in the mouth sometimes. And someone's got to do that to Behind closed doors, in an airport, anywhere. Something has to happen one day. Because this guy, the games he's played – 
the last two years with, with Judy and now this guy? And, and, and to be quite honest, I, I don't even like the kid. I don't think Job's that good. I think he's kind of soft, to be quite honest with you. But if you look at some of his tape up there in Connecticut, he played soft. I think the kid that we got was going to be a great safety and lays the wood as that Hall kid, who I was more worried about than anybody else because the guy would never talk. You know? So, yep. to be quite honest with you, I, I think that Mark's got to – you said put it, put your big boy – the big boy pants on. I think he's got to go ahead and buckle that belt up and say, hey, screw you, partner. That's got to that's gotta start happening here in our backyard especially. Well, it, it looks like it's crazy. happening because one by one they they seem to be jumping on the boat, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, you know. I, so we'll see. Listen, do, you, do you honestly think? Do you honestly think the success that Mark had in two years here had nothing to do with Jimbo bailing out of Florida? You don't uh, think no, that I was a th- small component of his decision? I could tell that's a I think it was a small part, but here's the thing, Jimbo. Jimbo was kind of at a fork at the road of Florida State. They were having a lot of problems up there this year. There was a civil war amongst the coaching staff. They weren't getting along, a lot of infighting. He was going to have to fire a minimum of six guys if he stayed at Florida State. And that's just not – he's a loyal guy, and that's just not what he wanted to do. And he had the opportunity to go to Texas A&M. He wasn't crazy about the administration of Florida State. And it was the the right time for him to make that move. And – he may or may not be successful at Texas A&M, but he's guaranteed seventy-five million dollars. And you know, well, I, I, I could tell you some of that dissension on that staff was him calling out some of his assistants for not getting some of the local guys. As a matter of fact, he was extremely pissed he didn't get Navon Donaldson last year. That mm-hmm. really pissed him off. That was a major failure on his part, and he made that clear. So I, I think that has something to do with his decision. Getting to the bowl game, I know you're very busy. You have a lot of people calling and all the whole, uh, especially uh, you know the influential people you have on this this board all the time with Honey and the others. But but, but moving on to the bowl game itself, you talked about the ability to be mentally tough enough to slug it out, right? That that's a mm-hmm. critical factor in this game, right, Gary? I'm going to tell you, no, no, que- that no that, question about that, it. That, no that's doubt about a part it. Of but it comes down to one guy, one kid, hopefully who has regained what little confidence he did have that he showed in a couple of big games, and hopefully he's found his testicles again, and he can throw the ball deep and hit open receivers. Because right now that kid, if there's one kid who should be worried about, man, am I going to be able to have my starting job next year? It's well, he hit a wall the last couple of weeks of the year. He, he hit a wall. He just, he just was done. Ran out of gas. There's, I don't think there's any question about it. He was nowhere near the same guy against Pittsburgh and Clemson that he was the first 10 games of the year. Uh, I, I got to tell you, despite his play, we beat Notre Dame. Despite his play, we beat, we beat Virginia Tech, especially the Virginia Tech game. Okay, that, mm-hmm. that kid has not been the same since that part of the year, especially his accuracy. You know, he's always, he's always been a guy that Mark said, hey, he'll never start for me if he's this – you know, inaccurate if he makes his bad decisions. And he got a lot better. He got the best out of him. But, Gary, mentally, if that kid isn't ready to play, it doesn't matter what, what we do. Because that kid will get you out of the game in two seconds. And, 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 and honestly, we, you could see simply Jeff Thomas, you mentioned about his impact. If we had Brad Kyle and four or five of those throws, those are four or five touchdowns. 
for Jeff Thomas. Oh, I, I mean, totally I, agree. Nobody covered that kid, Gary. Like, he kept kid, getting better and better with his routes as the year went on. Well, and that's great coaching by, by, by a guy who knows how to teach a guy who's, who's all in, who's bought all in, and the guy who just loves living in South Florida. And I, thank God Mama Duke loves Miami. Let's just say that because that's one guy we can't afford to lose, especially to, to the Seminoles. Him, him going back home would really disrupt things, in my opinion. But Wisconsin's a big team, Gary, a big team. And I'll I'll say this much. The blueprint that the guy who's now at LSU, I forget his name, great defensive coordinator, um, struggled this year. Yeah, the blueprint he laid up there at Wisconsin, they haven't changed a thing. And and they're so aggressive, but they're so smart, and they don't don't gamble. They just just do their assignments. You know, it's very similar to – to what Belichick teaches. Do your job. You know, there's no freelancing going on over there. Those guys were just going to go up there and they're going to smack you in the mouth. It's a very talented group. And when you look at eight in the box, Gary, there's going to be ten in the box. I'm going to promise you that. There'll be ten. And, you know, because this, this guy is going to go ahead and make sure he, he makes number 12 win the game. And I, I, I love the case of death. I've had for a long time. I don't see us winning this game here, and I hope I'm wrong. But I don't. I, I think Rozier's done. Well, um, I really. Yeah, you know, Miami's usually matched up well against these teams. They just got to come ready to play. They got to be willing to slug it out. And if they can match their physicality, Miami's athletes will win the game for it. Gary, you All right, take let me, care. Let me okay. let some other. Let me let some other guys get on here. Thanks uh, so much for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Who's this, Adam? Yeah. See, we've been having this show so many weeks in a, in a row here, yeah. almost the, the whole season. I recognize everybody's voice. Yeah. Yeah. So how you doing? What's up? Good. Uh, I'm doing really well. Looking forward. I'm going to be at the game on the 30th, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get a win to end the season on a high note. You robbed your bank account for, that, for, the, for the big bucks that they're charging for those tickets, huh? <laughs> yeah, two tickets on the 20. So hopefully it's, it's worth it. Would that cost you about 540 bucks? Give or take. Yeah. Yeah, but it amazes me how they how the kind of dollars they command for these bowl games. But yeah, it definitely does. They definitely do. Um, Just a couple questions, and you had hit the nail on the head. I had seen on twenty four seven sports that Blades had intended to sign tomorrow, but again, that might have changed. He's meeting with his mom right now. He and mom are oh, okay. meeting right now to make that decision. Uh, okay. So hope, hopefully he does sign just to – because that would bring 19 of 20. And is there – what's the deal with Silvera? Is there a reason that he's not signing early? Is it to the story, go – The storyline is that he wants to take the visits with his friends. All the Heritage kids are making a bunch of visits in January. The storyline is he oh, okay. wants to make, make visits with them and visit Miami with them and – but, uh, you know, 
You know how oh, okay. I said how I feel about it. I don't I don't like guys being free agents who yeah. in January who have been committed all along who aren't signing yeah. tomorrow. I mean this yeah. is a new well, I, this I, is new this is uncharted waters that you're going in here. This early signing day is a yeah. new thing. I'm just looking at it on face value and my feeling is if, if a kid has been committed as of tonight, they should sign tomorrow and let the coaches mm-hmm. move on and not worry about them. Yeah. And because build the I team around isn't, them. Isn't he right now the only D tackle commit we have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of heritage kids, um, is there any chance, and I know he's sort of a smaller receiver, is there any chance of us getting back in with Anthony Schwartz? They don't need him. You know, they, they've got oh, other okay. guys. You know, I think they'd, they'd rather have Ezard than him, and if they take a fourth receiver, that it'll be Ezard. Okay. Because from what I've seen on the film, Schwartz is as fast as Thomas. He's definitely a burner. Might be faster. And with, but... yeah. But you're right. He is sort of on the smaller side. I was just curious if Miami um, was going to go after him. Um, you can't load up your. The, you can't load your overload your roster with small receivers. That's true. Um, and a couple things. This, I mean, outside. And I would like to really quick do a parallel with Job with McFarland last year. I mean, it's the same exact thing. I think McFarland was a silent commit. And you had talked about it a couple of weeks ago when the players that have done this in the past with Miami have tended not to pan out. So maybe it's foreshadowing that Job might not pan out at Alabama. Wouldn't shock me. I'm a big yeah. character guy, you know. I mean, everybody yeah. can everybody can run at at that level, you know. There's a lot of athleticism yeah. in college football. I'm a big character mm-hmm. guy. I, I believe in character, yeah. and, and and I think it plays a big role. Yeah. Um, a couple um, more questions with Job defecting, um, and Job I think was a safety, and with now it looks like Higgins is going to sign with Florida and Smith with Ole Miss, uh, are there any safeties that we're on? Or is Miami r- right now good if we get Campbell and or Sertan in terms of yeah, DBs? I, yeah, I think, I, 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 think, I think they're good. They're fine. Okay, so – Remember, remember they, have, they have Amari Carter sitting there. They got the, uh, D. Smith sitting there. You'll have Gervin Hall coming in. Uh, Romeo Finley as well. Yeah, he's, so, he's still there. Robert Knowles. <laughs> well, um, and um, with and I had asked this question. Um, there's no indication. You haven't seen any indication. I know all the speculation is with Norton and um, McIntosh, but. We have three draft-eligible players in the secondary with Redwine, Johnson, and Jackson. Is there any indication if they're all coming back or if they're leaning going I pro? Have to believe, I have to believe they're all coming back. There's not one of them that's going to be projected at this point anywhere close to where it should warrant them leaving. Okay, because apparently there were rumors out there that Jackson was leaning towards going pro. Because he is like long six one, 
So he definitely would get drafted, but you're right. I think he'd be, if he were to come out, would be like a fifth or sixth round pick just on potential. Mm -hmm. If he's lucky. Uh, Okay. I mean, um, are you, oh, um, are you, where are you going to be like down at uh, Southridge tomorrow? Uh, I will be as a matter of fact. Uh, Okay. Okay. And okay. Um, and, uh, last question. I found it ironic. Um, we were talking about Joe, how Joe played, um, Miami. And I was thinking back of a tweet by Brevin Jordan, who said, I'm glad I got the Alabama offer, but I'm a thousand percent committed to Miami because Mm -hmm. I've seen that kid's highlights. And I think him and Mallory could easily be, I mean, I think they're both going to play next year. Do you see either one of them redshirting? No, I think they both play next year. Um, And last question of the players we're getting, um, can you think of any of them that will redshirt next year? I was thinking maybe Campbell will redshirt next year. It's, it's too up. soon to tell, Adam. They, they, they got to go through oh, okay. spring and, and, and fall and see where they are. We can't predict that now. Uh, okay. And um, hopefully, and last thing. Uh, so, um, do you think there will be like a true quarterback competition next? Next, I do uh, spring with with Rozier going into the spring as the starter, and then just have yeah, a three way battle. I think he takes the first. I think he takes the first snap of spring practice. But yeah, I, I do. I think Mark Rick's going to want to take a look at those two young guys and see how they compare to Malik. Okay. Look, and what if about there's one um, thing that just absolutely smacked this program in the face in the Clemson game was yeah. that they're not close to being at that level. And the yeah. only way that you're going to get closer is to get better. And if you can get better than Malik, I, I, I got to believe that Mark Rick is going to take that option. Okay. Um, and what about, um, I had heard rumors somewhere that, uh, and I can't remember if it was your site or another site that Cade Weldon was thinking about transferring. Is there any truth to that rumor? I would, I, I, I don't think. I would be very surprised with the relationship that, that he has with Mark Ricks and the family connections and all that. I'd be very surprised at this point if that happened. Now, a year or two from now, I wouldn't be surprised at all. The big issue with him was, you know, potentially, you know, some off the field issues he's been having, but. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. All right, Adam. Have a great Thank rest you as of always night being... and a great rest of the You got it, Adam. Thanks for being part of it. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Yep, that's you. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Who's this? Hey, Gary. How's it going? This is Enrique from Tampa. Hey, what's up, Enrique? What you got for us? Well, I'm going to beat a dead horse with uh, with the Joe, but... You uh, you definitely gave the fans a platform to vent on him. Uh, I think it was a joke that his dad complained about Miami fans being a little uh, rowdy in uh, social media. Um, I don't think uh, guys should be tweeting recruits or messaging recruits personally because that's kind of low and petty. But 
I do think they have the right to uh, to voice their opinion, and and I'm gonna agree 100% with what Ross said. Um, you know, that's a spot that was taken up, being committed for two years, and you well, know, not somebody really else years, might be considering certainly that. the better part of one year. Right, but that's a, I mean the the spots aren't infinite, so Miami has a, a finite amount of. Of, of spots available and they're expecting Job to sign. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he's pulling this, you know, at the 11th hour, even though the, the writing was on the wall. Um, but again, I'm glad the saga is over. Uh, and it is what it is. Um, I agree. There has to be 100% without a shadow of a doubt, a, uh, 100% open quarterback competition regardless. Malik has shown he's, you know, he's got heart, he's got grit, but that can only take you so far, you know. Uh, you can win with a quarterback that manages. You need a superb supporting cast, which I think Miami's getting there. I don't think they have yet, especially uh, with, you know, some of the holes they have on the offensive line. Um, but with, with Perry taking snaps at number two, now I know they're – Probably not going to burn his red shirt, barring maybe some injury. Uh, but do you see Perry making, uh, you know, strides in in that in that field in the quarterback? Uh, I do, I do. I think he came on really well as the year went on. I think the coaches have seen progress, and I I think he's going to be a legit competitor for the job. I really do. All right. And uh, and I'm not sleeping on, on Jared Williams either, even though he's a true freshman, because he's going to be in early and he's going to be given a chance to do a lot in spring practice, and he looks pretty good to me. So we'll see. Do you think he compares uh, favorably with uh, Perry? Do you see them both being pretty similar type quarterbacks, or does yes. one have more of a? I do. All right. All right. What do you think about this? I think that Saban knows that one of the only teams that can beat Bama at their best is Miami. When not yet. Miami not is yet. at their but best. But I do think no, no, he recognizes when, when right, the rebuild that, is complete. When Miami. Yes. Yes. Because, Miami just is, because of is how team, fertile. Yes. With Mark Rick running the program and, and, and the way the program's starting to recruit and, and the capabilities – Yes, I'm sure it is one of the programs that he looks at and, and as as a threat to that throne. That and n- none of this is coincidence. You know, these recruiting tactics are made to undermine the program, undermine Miami, and give the illusion that, you know, Alabama stole something from Miami's strong recruiting class when everybody on the inside knew that Joe wasn't going to stick. You know, so it's yeah. all for the well, highlights. It's all true. for you know the show. I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree with what you just said. I don't think everybody knew he wasn't going to stick. I think the kid put on such a ruse down there that I think they probably mm-hmm. did think he was going to stick. I don't think they even imagined that he would pull this kind of stunt at the end. Okay. How uh, how serious do you see uh, Asante Samuel being uh, flipping? Hard to tell. I mean, I, I you yeah. know. Uh, to me, kids usually know where they want to go, and he, he's been in the Florida State camp so long. And uh, I got to believe Willie Taggart's probably going to relock him up, but we'll see. Maybe not. 
Yeah, because, I mean, for a little bit there, I think uh, either he came on an official or we went to go see him, and it seemed like, you know, things were looking great, and it seemed to have cooled down a little bit since then. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen there either, but I'm kind of hoping that he he comes. But like you said, we'll see. Uh, what's the word on DJ Johnson? There's been some rumor Don't that know. he might be transferring. Or, Don't or know. I mean, I, I could see why he'd be upset. You know, he can't. You know, he was so hyped up coming out of high school. He thought he was going to come down here and just yeah. walk out on the field and, and play and be a beast, and he was an insignificant player this year. He he blew a year of eligibility playing basically a few downs here and there and playing special teams. And I could see why he would be frustrated. I could see why he would be homesick. But we don't know if, if that means he's going to leave. Do you see him uh, still sticking in the in that DA end, or do you do you think he's going to project more into a tackle? I, I think it's questionable. I, I think he's going to grow into a tackle. I really do. He's you know it's going to yeah. be tough for him to keep the keep his weight down. All right, and uh, with with Nesta not signing, do you think that's a legitimate concern, or do you think this is more of a ploy to get all the Heritage boys together with him on that official visit to Miami and make a strong push to get them all to sign? I mean, I, I think there's a plan in place there. Uh, I, I don't know that Miami feels threatened by the fact that he's not signing tomorrow, but let's not be naive about it either. You know, it, it, if you're going to go start putting yourself out to other coaches for visits, then you're putting yourself out there. I, I've never, I mean, I understand that guys, you know, pull ruses on coaches to get free trips and all that, but if you're taking trips, you're giving other people a shot. Right. All right. Uh, I'm going to disagree respectfully with uh, everything 305 when he said uh, that he thinks Wisconsin's going to bring the pressure and stack the box because I feel even with Malik's struggles, Miami's have been having kind of a hard time running the ball as well. The line is a lot better than it was last year, but it's not great. Uh, I think they'll drop back and selectively bring the pressure. Uh, regardless, I think it, I think the defense will be a bend, don't break. Uh, type of game, and I know Wisconsin can run the ball, but they aren't a you know, a marvelous team passing it. I think Miami's going to win. Uh, I predict to be thirty-one twenty-one, and I think the home field advantage is going to be huge. What are your thoughts? All right, sounds like a nice prediction. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Just and, for that, everybody uh, listening would take that. And lastly, um, I know under the uh, the golden era around, you know, the last couple of weeks of recruiting, we'd be scrambling to pick up guys, you know, at the very last minute because we had a guy flip or somebody that we expected to sign show up and not. you see Rick going after some of these lower-tier guys to fill a spot? No. Not really, no. All right. All right, cool. That All was right, it for Enrique. me tonight, Gary. Thanks. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for being part of the show, man. We'll get you next time. Let's go to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you been? Hey, I've been hanging, man. I've been in there chilling, you know. Um, Hey, it's hard for NFL players to play back-to-back consistently. And then you asking, you know, 18, 19-year-old young men, to play 11 straight weeks consecutively with no break in between, you know, towards the end of the season, I, I, my opinion, 
I think that they ran, um, you know, that's, they ran that's out of gas. Yeah. yeah, that took that took a toll on them. So, you know, them getting this this little break, coming back, you know, fresh legs, fresh mind, you know, rejuvenated. I think you will see a different Kane team. I think I think we'll see the, the same type of energy that we got from the Bob Tech in the um, Notre Dame game. Um, the guys, the guys that um just decommitted. I mean, his name ain't even worth me saying. So he's just the guy that decommitted. You know, part of my friends, but you know, his father is a, his father is a fucking sucker. You know, we call we call we call that. You know, you looking for an easy way out. So what do you do? Because you knew you wasn't coming to Miami. So what do you do? You know, you point the blame at the fans. That's why. Oh, and you don't even know the worst of it. We 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 uh we toned a, a lot of that stuff down. I mean, it, it was it was way worse than what you guys even know. Oh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was. And you know. Yeah, it was. Well, well, yeah, you, you can be pretty sure because it was. And and I mean, I'm just telling you, it was disgusting. I mean, I I, I, I can't think of any better word. Totally and, disgusting. You know, Right, and, and my thing is this, and this is my thing, and this goes out to the rest of the Kane Nation. Do you want a player on your team that's mentally weak? Do you want a player that's mentally weak? Can you trust that player, you know, in, in the heat of a game when shit ain't going our way and, and, it's, and it's looking bleak? Do, do, you want, do you want that guy on your team? Or do you want the guy on your team, you know what I'm saying, who got heart, and mentally focused and strong enough to help will the rest of the team to get back on track. You don't want no cat that he can't handle Twitter messages. You don't want no guy like that. So, you know, to him and his pops, I hope he's good with the bag money, you know, because the same thing happened with Patrick Johnson, where he's Patrick Peterson now. He was committed all the way up to the last moment. He was even at the under, I mean the um the Army All American game, trying to recruit um one of the one of the cats, Nigel Bethel, I think his name was. Who we're not Nigel Bethel? I'm sorry. Oh God, he's a linebacker. He he got drafted by the Buffalo Bills, a Bradham or something like that. He was trying to recruit him to Miami. All of a sudden, LSU comes in. His father, his family moves to Louisiana or wherever they moved to. Now he he went to LSU. We know how this goes, but the other guy, have fun. Cool. Have a good time up in, in up in Bama, you know, with the rest of the Bamas up there, and I mean Bama in a in a in a negative kind of way, you know. But um, I just think, you know, a lot of people on the board was getting on Uki, oh wait, and I and I feel him because I'm like, dude, I don't understand. Why are you coming so if you're a Kane fan and you're talking about, you know, y'all coach and this, that, and the third, if you're a Kane fan, doesn't Mark Rick, doesn't that mean he's your coach too? I'm like, like, yo, 10 and 2, it, 10, 10, 10 and 2 is, is pretty good right now. 11 and 2 looks a whole lot better. And for the cat to say, some dude, uh, I think it was 305 or the dude before him was saying something that, you know, our linebackers, uh, they were good, they weren't great. I'm like, yo. They look. They were. They was good enough or great enough to get us to ten wins. So my thing is like this: 
Look, we lost two games. Cool. The same weaknesses we had the last two games was the same weaknesses we had prior to losing those two games. And now everybody want to nitpick and take pop shots at certain positions on the team, like the linebacker. Man, look, don't look, don't do that. If you a fan, you a fan. If you a Fairweather fan, then take your Fairweather somewhere else with that. Because the same deficiencies we had in them last two games that was exposed due to numerous reasons was the same deficiencies we had prior to that. So I'm like, yo, I'm just listening to the show, and I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom. I would never say we're going to lose to nobody. I'm never going to say my team is going to lose. So for 305 to say West Compton is going to come in here and beat us, like, yo, I'm, question, I'm questioning I'm questioning your fanhood. How, 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 are you really a Darhard Canes fan? Because I don't care who we playing. I'm never going to say our boys are going to lose. And I got a question I want to pose to you, Gary. I just want to ask you a question because I, I knew the man's father. I didn't say I was friends with him. I mean, close, close friends with him. But I knew his father when I lived in South Florida. We worked out all the time in the gym. And Cash, who don't believe me, I got pictures of me and Al Blaze working out in the gym together. I was I was uh, with him the night in the club. That, look, I I was seeing him the night he, he he passed away. So you know, I'm wondering if he was still if he was still living, would this even be up for discussion? If if his son would be signing tomorrow, you see what I'm saying? Like you know, if you all came, then. You need to be on. You 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 need, you need to put your Marcus Garvey on that dotted line tomorrow. And I, yeah, I don't agree with you. With I don't get it. So the, the the only thing that I wonder is if deep down Al Blaze is concerned that he may never play at Miami, that he just might not be good enough to play at Miami. Remember, this is a guy that didn't even start for his high school team. So yeah, you're right. You 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 you're absolutely right. You know, but he, he might deep down have da- have questions. You know whether he's doing the right thing, and you know he's expected to go to Miami because his last name's Blades. But you know, and I'm not saying this is the case, but you know this this wishy washiness has been going on for a long time. I mean, it took him forever to commit. You know, so I'm just wondering, you know, why is Al Blades a little wishy-washy? And and if if that's why, and those thoughts are entering his head, I don't think he's off base. I really don't. So, you know, he's sitting down with his mom tonight. They're deciding what they want to do. Uh, Again, if it was so clear cut, what's their what's the decision? I mean, so we'll see. But I I mean, I do think he'll end up being a hurricane. But because you know, but right. And I got like a couple more. Then I'm gonna let you. Then I'm gonna let you. Then I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go because I know it's a lot of other Kane brethren that won't get up here. Um, one, uh, one point I was I wanted to ask you. Um, how how did Amal Richards have his surgery? And if he did, you know how how is that coming along? I, I know he Chris did. I don't know how it's coming along. I have not seen him on, so I don't. I'm assuming okay. you know knowing knowing the way they work there with Dr. Kaplan and his team and and, and everybody. I'm, I'm sure he's coming along fine, but I have not just, I have not seen him since the surgery, so I don't I can't really give you a great report there. And yo, check it out. And you was you was spot on. You know, when three oh five was like they're leaving a lot of money on the table, but and he said because you know 
he has people in the NFL that's telling him he's a second-round pick. Well, I'm wondering, you know, the same, I mean, there's a lot of NFL people who was telling um, Tommy Streeter that he was going to be a second-round pick also. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the only reports and, I've and, heard are fourth-round, probably fourth-round. That's that's the likelihood. Right. Maybe, right. maybe if things go phenomenal, maybe third-round. Right. And what, and, and what happened to Tommy Streeter? But like you said, like, yo, why not come back and guarantee yourself a good season and guarantee that you can yeah. move into that guaranteed second, late first round? You know, that, 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 look, that money looks a whole lot different from being drafted in the fourth round. I would no doubt. First, second round money than fourth, fifth round money. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, it, so it's, we'll just, see, it's just a smart We'll decision. see what happens. You know, we'll oh, find no out doubt, but, not too far into but the future. But, you know, I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to an awesome game on the 30th. I know Wisconsin is a tough physical team, but, you know, we got a couple things on our side. Home, we got the home field advantage. We got the South Florida heat that they're not used to at this time of year. And we got we – rest, we're rested. And we've seen, we've seen this type of team before. A physical run, run heavy team. So I think we're gonna be fine. It, it, it's gonna be a good game, but I I think we gonna win probably like thirty five, fourteen, thirty five, seventeen. You know, going into spring ball and finishing up a recruiting. So you know, I'm a, I'm a, keep me on hold, Gary. If you want to make a comment, anything I said, please do so. Kane, Kane, what's up, homie? Keep me on hold, please, Gary. All right, D Black, thanks for being part of the show, and I think anybody will take. Uh, your prediction coming to fruition. Let's go now to the to the uh, seven zero four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Seven zero four. Going once. Going twice. All right. Let's go to the four zero seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Who's this? Hello. Yeah. Oh, this you're is on. Dallas. Hey, what's up, How Dallas? You doing? Um, doing great. What I was you got? wondering why. I was wondering why we haven't um, recruited or gave an offer to a buoy from IMG, the top cornerback. I mean, they can't recruit everybody. You know, they're they're, they're recruiting plenty of defensive backs. I mean, you got to – I'm sorry. No, but he's a five-star cornerback, and you know how Miami will get a recruit to do all these tweets. Well, he was tweeting that – um, he might join uh, Brian Hightower when he came over. So I'm thinking since they were so close, you know, he's a five-star receiver, rated 6.1. I figured they at least gave him an offer, but he hasn't even got an offer from Miami. I was just curious that. And then my second question was, since our blocking is not up to par on special teams, how come we haven't, like, put DJ Dallas back there to, you know, for break more blocks and because Jeff Thomas don't really hit the hole like he should to me. I, just like I mean, obviously, obviously they think that Jeff Thomas is is be, is a little quicker right now and better, so that's why they're putting him back there. But I'll agree, totally agree with you that the return game has not been good enough. Yeah, because the speed, you know, you can have all the speed in the world, but if you ain't got no blossom, you ain't got nobody. He's not actually hitting the holes like he should be. You know, his, the speed is, is irrelevant. I just think Dallas, DJ Dallas, a better playmaker. 
you know, with it, as far as agility, breaking tackles, and just, you know, he's, he's shown that he can handle the spotlight, so at least give him more opportunities, I would figure. But Yeah, but he, but he does not have the same, speed, the same level of speed as Jeff Thomas. But that's, without question, an area where they can get better next year. Let's be honest. Whether it's DJ Dallas, whether it's Mark Pope, whether Jeff Thomas gets another shot, they, they, they need to have a greater threat in the return game. Okay. And I know um, I listened to it one time before, and it was you know, a lot of people was talking about the motions. Was you able to get in, you know, word in with Mark Rich as far as, no. Implement that in offense? No. No. He doesn't look to us to give him uh, tidbits and yeah, suggestions on what he should on what he should do with the offense. That's right, his, that's right. his department. Right, right. I just figured I asked. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the two three nine. You're on King Sport Live. Hey guys, me Armando. Hey, what's up, Armando? What you got for us? Hey, I just had a few questions. Um, so tell me, what is your opinion of Gervin Hall? I think he's a great prospect. Do you think there's a chance that he could be moved to cornerback? I know they have him listed as safety. I don't think they're going to need him to move to cornerback. I, I, I think they, they, that the best thing to do with him is probably keep him at safety. Doesn't he seem like he's kind of small on film? I mean, he looks electric. He looks fast, great hips. Um, he's great with the ball in his hands. I just thought maybe there might be a chance that um, later on down the road he moves a cornerback because he he's just he's such a great co- cover guy from what I see. Yeah, I mean, look, it's possible. I mean, maybe he starts out in that hybrid role like Jaquan Johnson did, you know? Yeah. And um, tell me, with all this um, – Moving the the hoopla around him. I know Nick Saban had some comments last week about the early um, early signing period. Did you get a chance to see what he said or what was written about? What I he did. Said? I I did get a chance to see it. He doesn't what like did it. You, think that was you know, he feels like coaches don't have time to do all the things they have to do at this time of year uh, to to worry about a early signing day. Yeah, usually whenever he says something like that, it looks, usually he usually has some sort of ulterior motive that you know is going to benefit him in Alabama. And so I just I was wondering what you thought about that because I'm just thinking, you know, here's Nick Saban. He sees Miami's getting contraction. I'm sure he would have loved a, a few more weeks with a guy like Gervin Hall to be able to um, to go in and recruit them and. Maybe his time was running out. So that was just kind of the thing that I took. I wanted to see what you thought about that. Yeah, I think it's become part of their strategy to do this thing. And that's why I said I'd be surprised if Miami fell for this a third time. Yeah, and, and I heard you saying that too. What kind of what kind of stuff do you think Miami could do to, you know, tr- try to not be tricked in with, with some of these players? Because it's it's kind of sneaky, like, you know, for you as a player to, to do that to a coach, to have him, you know, strangle on like that, you know, they could have offered someone else. They could have been recruiting someone else. I mean, we had this guy, um, the the Daytona Huggins, Huggins guy. We could have been mm-hmm. recruiting him the entire time. And, you know, we kind of lost lost out on him. I'm not saying that, you know, he would have came to Miami, but, I mean, and as opposed to, you know, us, you know, trying to, 
you know, keep um, Josh Job happy, we could have been recruiting him. And so, um, what did you think that Miami could do, like to just try to, you know, try to turn stop this kind of um, strategy from Alabama? Well, just when they when when the word is out that a kid's committed silently committed to Alabama, to believe it, you know. I oh, mean. Yeah. I, it's like both of those kids, the last two years, there was zero doubt in my mind that they were going to Alabama. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm any kind of genius or anything, but, like, I didn't doubt the intelligence that I had, you know, the the, the information that I had that those kids were going to Bama. And uh, in the case of Job, I mean, he flat told me that he was going to Bama, and I didn't keep that a secret. Like, I never considered – I never really, really, really felt like he was a safe – Miami commit. Yeah. Hey, and um, what's your opinion on Al Blaze? I know that you've been um, – my question is, I know that you've been saying that, you know, obviously he wasn't starting at St. Thomas. Um, the other guy must have been pretty good. But he's um, he's 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 rated pretty high on um, places like 247, um, Rivals. And, um, yeah, he's I got just a good wonder, Rivals like, ranking was, too, but, but – you know, I'm just listen. I'm I just when I give opinions, it's based on personal observation. Yeah. You know, I don't I you know just because you know just because he has a four star rivals ranking. I mean, I'm looking at a kid that you know he, he just he didn't look four star level to me when I watched him. He didn't even start for his high school team. Now I know they've got some when pretty you- good players at St. Thomas Aquinas, but. I mean, that's, you know, isn't that a, a little bit of a red flag? But I but it doesn't. I don't think any of it matters at the end of the day because I think the Blades family has done enough for the Miami program that this kid, you know, if he wants to be at Miami, has should have a place at Miami. But, you know, even if it's as a special teams player. And, yeah. he, and, he, and he'll go out there and he'll play. And he if, if that's all it ends up being – then that's all it ends up being, and he'll give it 100% and probably be a pretty darn good special teams player. Hey, I, I don't know if you remember. There was a quarterback that came in with Sean Taylor from the same high school. He kind of, I mean, I'm not saying the same. His name was Buck Ortega. I always wondered about that kid. He, he was a quarterback, and he got offered from Miami. He signed. He never did anything. But, uh, I mean, he, he could certainly be one of those, but obviously a lot more talent. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, let me ask you another question. Um Kind of uh, way, uh, not not along the lines of recruiting, but um, I know the Orange Bowl. We got moved to what the thirtieth of December. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like the, the luster has been taken off the Orange Bowl. It was such a great bowl game. But it's not it New Year's Day. Weeks. Yeah, I mean it's just the way the calendar broke. Um, is the payoff the same though? I mean, I know yes. I'm, ten years ago. It's, it's yes, still 14, it is. 12 million. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. and it goes to the ACC pool and you know that kind of. But yeah, it's uh. The money is all the same. Yeah, but we got Clemson in the playoff, and I'm sure there's got to be a, a big payoff for Clemson. So that's yep. got to help out the agency a lot and, and, and recruiting and, and just the whole the whole um, shindig. Um, all right, Gary, that was that was it. I just had a few questions. I appreciate your time. Hey, man, thank, thank you, you for being part of the show. All right, let's let's go to the four seven zero. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Doing great. Who's this? It's Wayne. Hey, what's up, Wayne? Shoot, what you got? Hey, um, I got a couple of questions. Um, do you have any other name in mind for the D tackles since Goldwire's not coming? I've got some names. I, you know, 
I think it, it could become a little fluid here. I mean, there's a kid out of Philadelphia that's been on the radar, Christian Barmore. Uh, I think Dennis Briggs from Kissimmee is still there. Uh, Daniel Carson, I don't know if he's committed yet. I didn't check today, but uh, but you know he's a kid out of Missouri. They've been recruiting, but I don't know, you know, how great it's going to be there. There's a defensive tackle out of St. Louis by the name of Michael Thompson. But again, you know, these are all kids that have kind of like just been lingering there in the background. Now I think the coaches are going to have to sit down now that they've, you know, been turned down by Goldwire and and they they see where they're at. And I think before they go out in January. They're going to have to decide where their priorities are. I think I'm sure they'd like to take a couple more defensive linemen. I expect Andrew Chatfield from American Heritage to be one of them, but he's an he's an end linebacker. I think somehow, some way, they got to find another defensive tackle in this class, and I think they will. I just don't know who's okay. going to be. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and um, I was worried about like the depth for the um the spring game because you know, like especially short yardage practice, we only have what no fullbacks, one tight end. I mean, if that ain't turned out, yeah. then I'm, as far as wide receivers would go, we, we're probably going to have, what, seven scholarship wide receivers for the spring? I haven't I haven't counted, but they'll figure out some way to make it work. Right, right. You won't, wow. you may not see a That's true good. spring game, but, yeah, they'll make, they'll figure out some way to make it work. Okay. And then, and this is my last one. I'm going to actually get thought about this because of the last caller when he was actually about to pay out for the bowls, and I never thought about it, like, Far as uh, I know, it's going to be the payoff for the um, Orange Bowl to get dispersed through the ACC, right? As far as like what, what Clemson does, or let's say if they go all the way to the championship, each bowl game they go to, that's a, it's the same payout for everyone. It works yeah, the same way. I mean, some of the money goes towards expenses. Some of the money goes into the conference pool. I'm not sure exactly how much or whatever, but then each team gets a share of the overall pool at the end of the year. Okay. Well, all right. I appreciate you having me on. I was just so. All the questions I have. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're well into hour number three of Kane Sport Live tonight, and let's go to the three three six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Three three six. You with us? Going once. Going twice. All right, you're out of here. Oh, now we're going to go to our favorite guy um, who's been gracious enough to call us almost the whole season. And uh, he's from the 678, and I believe his name is Mr. Herndon. How are you doing this evening, Mr. Herndon? Hey, hey, what's going on, Gary? How you been? How's uh, Chris's rehab coming? Oh, man, he's attacking the rehab like he always has, and he's a gym rat, so it's, it's coming along fine. Yeah. So I saw that, yeah. that 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 I believe he was invited to the senior bowl, wasn't he? Well, yes sir. Yes sir. He still was invited to the senior bowl. Is he gonna make it? Yeah. He can make it, but we're gonna hold him out. You know, he wanna definitely experience it. But, you know, mm-hmm. he got bigger fish to fry, so we'll hold him out. He'll still go down there and do interviews and he'll be able to do some on field stuff and um so yeah, we're, we're, he won't play in the game, but gotcha. he'll definitely be able to take in, in, in part in the festivities and on-field stuff. Well, that's good. And uh, what what else is new with you guys? Has he picked an agent yet? No, nah, not yet. We just interviewed people left and right here, and uh, 
uh, taking our time where there's been so much stuff going on. He wanted to focus on graduation. And you know how the agent stuff go. They want you to pick somebody now, 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 now. But, you know, he's trying to, you know, he just graduated Thursday, so he's focused on graduation. And he's not really trying to focus on that stuff because he's still a leader and he's still leading a tight end. So he's like, I'll be at bowl practices. I'm going to be there. I'm going to still support and, and, and lead. And here's just stuff that he's not – and I'm not going to force him to deal with that stuff right now. So, you mm-hmm. know, he still want to be a part of the team, and he's looking at some time after the after the bowl game. So, well, yeah, good for him. So yeah. rehab. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it meant a lot. Has, for has him. he been in? The, has he been in the training room with Amon? Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh he's leading the training room. He got those people in, in, in whipping around, barking orders. They say, hey, they love this. This Christopher Herndon here, he's he's taking taking control of the training room, and uh, getting everybody on, you know, keeping everybody motivated. So it's it's great to hear, you know, when the coach is telling you that stuff. Yeah. Did you uh, end up going to the ACC championship game, or did you just watch that one on TV? Nah, nah, I watched it on TV. I I sent my brother-in-law and my nephews, you know, they high school players, so they got a great kick out of it. It was good for them to go. Mm-hmm. So, cool. so what else you got? You got any uh, um, any insight for us on anything? Well, I, I hit you up earlier. I mean, we're, we're going to look good on the defensive line. I I can say I I think Kendrick Norton and McIntosh are, are, are out of there. Yeah, I do too. So I yeah, think they're making a mistake, but I do think they're out of there. I think they they have. I think they made their decisions long long time ago, and and I think they want to be. They want to go into the draft at this point, and I think they're going to do it. But uh, you know, from what I'm told, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to be first or second round yeah, picks they, for sure. No, no, and I want them. I wish they would come back. I want them to come back, not just to help themselves, but to help the team. And that's first and foremost. But yeah, they they're out of there. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's going to be tough for this program to turn the corner if these guys keep leaving after their junior years before they've developed fully to that point. Yes, where yes. So like I was I said before weeks ago, Miami's is Miami is its own worst enemy. Worst enemy. You yeah. have so much talent and talent and these guys declaring after their junior year chasing I mean, we saw it last year, um with the yeah, running I mean, back Joe if Brad Joe Kaya seeing it this year. Brad Kaya, I mean it's we're really shooting if, ourselves in the It's unfortunate. Yearby and Edwards come back this year. This oh, would have been a better oh. team. I, I, I don't, I don't buy people dismissing that. Like, oh, I, this no, don't, don't forget the lineman that left. Yeah, don't, don't forget the offensive lineman that left. Just transferred. But as far as yeah, declaring for the draft, and, and I will even say, even with David, if David would have returned. He had to go, though. He had to go. He, he was a first-round uh, pick. You, if you're a first-round pick, but, you got to go. Well, he would he would increase his he would increase his draft stock. He I mean, might we, have, we, but he had. We but all he, know he that had he had. Well, he had he had issues, especially with the drops. His things was his drops. Yeah. So I think if he would have came back another year and, and got that under control and focus, uh, he ended up 29th. But you know. The following year, he could have been higher, but you know it worked out for him. But like you saying, the other guys it didn't. And, and for these two defensive tackles, you know, with us starting out with LSU, you need that 
and I said this, it's, it's the same in Park Ball, Pop Warner, high school. When you have more senior leadership, your team is better. You know, and, and that's even with the pros. Even with the pros, after you, you have more guys that's been in that system three, four years, your team is better. So, you know, and there's, and there's the like little that, things that have gone on that you just can't, to me, it's very hard to overcome. Like, you know, Casey McDermott never should have played as a true freshman. He should be a junior right exactly. now with one more, with one more year. And he'd be a really good offensive lineman next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, you know, we, we suffered through that for these last four five, six years when you have to play so many freshmen and they cannot rest or it hurts your program at the end. I mean, think about it. All the top programs are bringing people in. Offensive linemen should red shirt. They shouldn't even see the field until their second push and third year in. And that's what Miami is leading to because you don't want to play so many freshmen. Even our freshmen this year, I hear callers raving about them and it's this and this. You still have to realize they are freshmen, and they're going up against sophomores, juniors, seniors. So you want your people, your freshmen to come in, red shirt, sit the second year, get into the system, but by that third year, they, whether it's red shirt or not, that's when they're going to open up and provide some kind of depth because it's all about depth. But, yeah, you don't want – and I love – I mean, it's recruiting. It is a great recruiting tool. But, you know, I hear a lot of calls, but we're talking about freshmen. Just was in high school the year before coming in and providing and leading your team and you, I'm sorry, you're not going to win like that. Well, you've had a first-hand you know, look at, at it because you've watched your son progress from being a freshman to being a senior. It's a, exactly. it's a whole different and, and, stratosphere. And him from this year to his freshman year, he played his freshman year. Special teams, extra points, you know, he had a role. I mean, even his freshman year, he didn't, you know, get any significant time into the bowl game. Which and I and I'm a true believer, and I coach football for the last 21 years. I'm a true believer, whether it's my son or not. Your team is better when these guys are able to sit. He played um, as a freshman in high school. He played on his senior team on the varsity. You know, he wasn't a stud. He went. He was a positional player. He played the same thing. That that's not tooting any horns. Oh, my son is playing as a freshman. Rah, 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 rah. No, but if your son is playing as a freshman and he's getting dogged out by juniors and seniors, would you rather him not play? You know, so it's it's, it's that kind of question. But I, I I truly feel like your your team is better the more seniors you have, and if you can redshirt these guys, and 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 even this year, and I know all these kids' parents talk to them all the time. Even our freshmen that played this year were not ready to play. They were they were not ready. You see, everybody saying, "Oh, he's a burner. He's so fast." He's just you didn't see that separation from guys that they played against that were juniors and seniors. You didn't see that. You mm-hmm. saw drops. You saw bad routes. You saw this. You. So you you got to be realistic when you're looking at this. So whether you're a fan, whether you're a dad, a coach, or whatever, you, you have to be realistic about it. And our freshmen, now just think if those freshmen were able to redshirt, even just one year, and come back and get used. 
to a, a college program the next year, even with the quarterback situation. If our offense is so simple that a kid can come out of high school, pick it up, beat out upperclassmen, and start as soon as he get on campus, you got a problem with your offensive system. And you have and everybody is not elite. So we can go through the list of names of Matthew Stafford, Peyton Manning. You can go through these names and say these guys that did it, that came in as freshmen and started and started the whole four years. But everyone is not a Matthew Stafford. Everyone is not a Peyton Manning. So mm-hmm. you got to look at that stuff. I mean, even what they talk about, even with Malik Rozier, you got to think he's a red shirt, senior, uh, red shirt junior. But this is his first full year, so he's the equivalent of a freshman, but he's more mature, and that's what you want out of you, especially the most important position on the field, and that's quarterback. I you thought he hit a wall. I, I thought he hit a of wall. Course, at the oh, end. oh, definitely. I heard your call earlier. They all hit a wall. That's a yeah, they're in the weight room. This is their third or fourth year doing it. But as a starter, this is his first year starting. Of course he hit a wall. And for anyone to think he would not hit a wall is not looking at this realistically. You see it all yeah. the time at every level. If you didn't think this kid hit a wall and wasn't going to hit a wall his first year playing. And, and here you go. Here you go, Gary. What do you think – it would have been like if Perry would have started the entire. What kind of oh wall God, do yeah. you think he would that have wall hit? would have been hit um, a month and a half exactly. earlier? No, no doubt. Exactly, exactly. Or, or a K Weldon or any of those freshmen that came. What kind of wall do you think? And then we would have we would have been stuck with. We had all these seniors and everything lined up. But if it was them, they would have been saying, oh, he's a freshman. He got a learning curve. Oh, he was going to make this mistake. He's, you got to be realistic about football knowledge. You said earlier uh, uh, about the recruiting thing. Yeah, you know what your eyes are telling you. You know what your, mm-hmm. you know, your, your experience is telling you. But they mm-hmm. would have been saying about those freshmen, oh, they're freshmen. They just came into the system. No, you don't want to blow a chance when you have so much senior leadership and have that to say, well, you can say the same thing about uh, Malik. But the thing is, he's a red shirt junior. So, like I said, it would have been a lot worse, I promise you. Anybody that knows football knows it would have been a lot worse if it would have been a true freshman coming out of high school instead of one that's been in a college weight training program for three years uh, and, and gone through the drills that everybody else has gone through. So, you know, you got to take it – my thing is, and that's what fans do, but you got to be encouraged about the program and the direction of the program. And I heard people talking earlier about, oh, well, if we don't win this game, it ain't nothing. This, but you won more games than you did last year. You won more games than you did the year before. Yeah, but 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 I got to tell you, I'm I'm in that camp too. There's a huge difference between winning this bowl game and losing this bowl game. You know, you win the game, you went eleven and two. You had a monster year. You, you you captured the imagination of the community with those great nights against Virginia Tech and North and Notre Dame. And now you got another one coming up here against Wisconsin. And everybody's uplifted. Your top five in the country, probably going into next season. Uh, there's oh yeah, so much. All the implications. Yeah, all the implications are there. 
But realistically, yeah, now if you, lose, you look at it. If you lose, you lost three straight to end the year, and nobody's going to remember all the great things you did yeah, earlier. Yeah. But the bottom line. It's, it, I don't know that, that that's fair, Mr. Better. Oh, yeah, it's oh, not. It's no not. It's, but that's sports. But oh, if, yeah, if that were to happen, I don't know that it's fair. It, it, you know, because no, no, you look at fair. all those kids did, including your son, and I don't know that it's fair for all that to be forgotten. But I think reality is, if you lose three straight games to end the year, uh, you know, it's tough to change that perception. Oh yeah, and I agree with you completely. And the, and the thing about it is, is that if it happens, if it doesn't happen, I look on the other side as far as how far the program has come and where it's at and the direction it's heading. So I get happy over that part of it. And and that's what fans do and all this other stuff. But my whole thing is, can you imagine what this team is going to look like next year? Yeah, I I totally agree. And it it just, it's so sad if those two tackles leave. Yeah. Yeah, those two tackles leaving is a big deal to me. It's it, for yes, all the reasons you some, yeah. said. It's a big deal. It really is. And, and I think with those two tackles, uh, they could come back next year, increase their draft stock, help the team because all the end game is is team, team, team. Help the program. But I don't, you know, I don't judge anybody. I don't know what's going on in that. Fa- I had the conversation with my son after his junior year. And we talked about, hey, are you going to come? He could have declared after his junior year, and we talked about it. Yeah, come back. This is because I'm, I'm just a big great fan example. of Yeah, I'm just a big fan of finishing. Look, look how much he benefited this year. Yeah, like oh, definitely. And, and I've talked, you know, I'm good friends with Brad Kaya's dad. And me and him have talked about that. And it's to a point where, yeah, they want it. He wanted him to come back, but it's a, a lot of di- different dynamics with the mom and dad. But in my case, we we're like, dude, come back. He wanted to graduate. He wanted to do this. He realized he didn't have the stats because he was used as a blocker. And, and for me being maybe for me being a coach and doing all this stuff, I know your team is better when you have a lot of seniors on your team. So, and we we are always from park ball. Pop Warner on up, we've always been team players. So, yeah, you can come back and be a team player and uh, help your help your college out and help your draft stock at the same time. But the team would be dynamic. And it, it would be dynamic if they came back. I mean, that defense is going to be a monster. So I think, I think I, them leaving early potentially could be the difference between being a real contender next year for winning the ACC and, and, and being in the playoff to yeah. having a similar year like this year. I agree. I agree because you have two stud defensive tackles. Along, now, you still have kids like Gerv, uh, a couple of guys that can move inside. Um, the Johnson kid that's a freshman this year. You still yep. have people that you can move inside. Then you have um, – you have Gerald Willis coming back. Uh, Gerald Willis and Gerald Willis, and he's he's a full grown man. Believe me, he's he's roommates with my son off campus. Ford, John Ford should be real good next year. You know, but when you still put these same two out there with him, and the yeah. rotation, it's about depth. It's not yeah, about you got either five one or of those guys. Exactly, that you can rotate because neither one of those guys can start at the two yard line and do a thirty two yard, a thirty two play drive. 
and, and come back. You you got to have depth. You got to have that rotation, and that's whether it's defensive tackle, defensive end, cornerbacks, or whatever. That's how your team gets better. You got to have depth, and then, and I hope I hope things change. But I just you know with you know they're good friends with my son and just talking. And I don't think it is, but. I, I hope it. Is. I I, hope I think they I think they've decided they want to go and uh, yeah. Yeah, they and they but, in the bottom they line gotten, they have. <laughs> they have not gotten the information back from the league yet, so maybe that changes their mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, I appreciate so it. Hopefully, and, they and, get good advice. I hope they have somebody good advising them, and help and helping them make that decision. You know, because oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Mr. Herndon. Well, thank you so much for calling in. And okay, um, no problem, Gary. Uh, don't be a stranger, you know, even when Chris isn't in the program, you know you're welcome on this show anytime. You know, I'm a, I told you before, I'll be listening every week and I got a ninth grader that's coming up, so you know. Oh yeah, good. Oh yeah. Yeah, and another just like him, so uh, I'll be around. All right, Mr. Herndon, well thank you so much for calling in tonight. All right, put me on hold, Gary. You got it. All right, guys, let me take a couple minutes here and I want to shoot through some of the questions that were submitted by the posters on canesport.com, and then we'll uh, finish out the night with whatever calls are left. If you're waiting to call in, the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. With a freshman coming in next year for place kicking, a sophomore punter that struggled returning, a kick return game that hasn't been fearful since Duke Johnson's freshman year. Hmm. Legitimate. And losing the lone punt returner that the program has had in the last four years. How troublesome do special teams look going into next season? Wow. I would, uh, I would say it's a legit concern. No question about it. And I, I think if you're looking for areas, team where there's room for great improvement that this would be very high up on the list um i think the kicker being a freshman he's going to have his ups and downs like any true freshman figures to have i think zach fiegels will take a step forward as a sophomore big difference between being a freshman and a sophomore and yes he's been very erratic this year but i think he'll take a step forward next year and become more consistent i think mark pope will give the team another option as a kick returner. I didn't think Jeff Thomas was very effective in that role this year. But in fairness to Thomas, there really was rarely a lot of room to run, and and that's something that must get better for next year. This team must get better in the return game. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the coverage teams I thought were pretty good this year. I mean, obviously there's always room for improvement, but they were pretty good. All right. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> God, I, I took a sip of water and my throat's all gone. Let me go out to another call while I get my act together here. Sorry about that, guys. Let's go to the uh, 850. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, this Omar um, again. Uh, oh, you were already on, weren't you, Omar? Yeah, I was, but I, just, I beat back in because I don't want to come in on my own. All right, do it quick because I've stopped choking on my water oh, yeah, here. God, yeah. that was that was that was crazy. I took a sip of water and it just went all nuts. But so yeah, go ahead, yeah, what, what you got real quick? 
special teams, I remember you were saying we were uh, looking to actually hire that other coach. I think we need to take special teams a little bit more serious and hire an actual coach. I don't think that's a feel for Buda. Uh, uh, Over special teams, I don't think he specialized in that. I really don't. Really well, they worked on it. I mean, I saw them working on it at practice today. I mean, but 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 it can be it can be, it can be better. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's been sucky, man. I've been looking at. There's no holes created when they um with Jeff Thomas, like you said. I mean, he I seen him break like three tackles when when um when uh kickoff, and still was like that that wasn't enough. So. Like man, they gotta tighten up with that man, cause it's it's really getting sad, cause like it's never any hope. But I just want to chime in on that, chime in on that, cause definitely man, we gotta tighten up. I think we should be more serious and get a coach that specializes in special teams. That's all I want to say. You put me back on hold. Well, I mean, Coach Hartley is specializing in special teams. I mean, you know, he's the special teams coach. It's it's just an area where they could get better. felt 
that way about too many of these meaningless bowl games in the past, but this is a, this is a really big one. And, you know, the other thing I'll throw out is that there have been times through the years when, you know, Florida kids have a hard time getting up when there's no, no stakes. And we've seen not just Miami, but Florida teams and Florida state teams not play real well in bowl game situations at times. And, um, but I, I think Mark Rick is on the case. Uh, I saw the way he was talking to the kids today at practice, and and uh, you know I really think that that he will have this team ready to go on December 30th. Would Mark Rick's greatest recruiting achievement be to get uh, Norton and McIntosh to stay for one more year? Uh, hell, I, I think they need to make those decisions without a Mark Rick sales job, as I've said uh, repeatedly tonight. But uh, right now, it looks like that they seem to be pretty determined to go out, even though I think when they get their report from the NFL, they're going to find that they're more likely to be picked between the third and the fifth rounds. And I I just don't think that should be good enough to leave early. And we were just talking about it with Mr. Herndon a minute ago. This program can't turn the corner if it's best players as juniors keep leaving. And, And that leaves a gaping hole. And, you know, like I said, I, I think this team this year would have been better with Kai a year being Gus Edwards. I, I know Travis Homer had his moments at times, but I think you also saw him disappear a little bit at the end of the year. And, and I, you know, I just think that you can't replace older experienced players. And uh, it's a big deal. And this program has got to stop taking steps backwards in that regard every single year. How important has Gus Felder been to this team? And will he be in the coming off season? Will we see more NFL caliber bodies on the field next year? I think Gus has been doing a really nice job, but uh, I I think if there's one thing that we saw in the Clemson game and we're honest, this team and program still has miles to go size, strength wise, athletically. I mean, it was loud and clear. I mean, they were totally outclassed in in that Clemson game. And that's a, that's a, that's a built program. That's a program that's already gone through the stages that Miami's going through right now. So, yeah, it's been great, and Gus has been great, but there's still a lot of real hard work and 5 a.m. mornings ahead. There's no doubt about it. Was last year's team, when it played West Virginia in the ball game, as good or better than the team that's about to play Wisconsin? Wow. I haven't really thought about that one too much. Uh, I'll tell you, if you factor in the injuries, no Walton, no Herndon, no Amon Richards, that probably kind of negates a little bit better defense that I think you have this year than you had last year. And Wisconsin's a better opponent, too. So I would say that that, that it's pretty comparable to last year. But that doesn't mean that the Canes can't win this game. They absolutely can win this game. And, you know, they need to come out and put their best foot forward. How do the offensive line and quarterback situations shape up for spring and next year? Well, starting with the O-line, I I think you're looking for Herbert, Hillary, and Gaynor to start to – impose themselves on the position. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, you're going to need all three of those guys to factor in big time next year. So you're looking for that without a doubt. Certainly 
to kick off spring practice. And at quarterback, like we talked about earlier, I, I think the Cozy Perry is going to be allowed to legitimately compete. I really do. I think I think he's earned that on the practice field this year, and that Mark Rick will give him a chance to legitimately compete. And, and I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out Jaron Williams coming in as a freshman and you know stirring things up a little bit himself. So uh, I th- I think it's potentially good for those two positions going into next year. Uh, but it's up to those kids to step up and be counted. All right, let me see. I, I believe we've gotten just about to everybody's phone call that's on the board. So I'm going to make a last call right now, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. In the meantime, I want to thank the startup.com for being our sponsor all year long. Um, Startup.com, as you know, is is the the home for entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to take their own game to the next level. And uh, Canes fans own the business. They only hire Canes fans that work there. So if you're a small business owner, go check out the startup.com and see if they can help you. We thank them for being part of Canes Sport Live the whole year. All right, that's going to be it for tonight, guys. We've got the big game on December the 30th. we got signing day tomorrow. We'll be up bright and early visiting some of the high schools and bringing you guys complete coverage. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight, and I'm going to leave you with have a great, happy holidays and a, a great Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you, you celebrate, and then get yourself out to the stadium and cheer on the Canes against Wisconsin. Good night, everybody. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on your troubles will be out of